discuss this at this level, and then you do. Hello, my name is Jerry Jackson. <laughs> that's, that's how you sound. <laughs> oh, memory flashback. Are you sitting quite comfortably? Then I'll begin. Hey, kids, comics. Comic books, an art form early alive. We can rebuild them. We have the technology. With digital downloads and bookstore penetration, which sounds a bit rude, we can make them better than they were before. Better, stronger, faster. And here are your hosts, Andrew and Michael Leyland. Hello, everybody. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I deepened my voice to... I, did, uh, I was very impressed. ...to kind of symbolise the passage of time. The passage of time. What, what is this now? A year. No, I know that. <laughs> what is this in totality? How old are you now? Excellent question. An excellent question, and one that we don't dwell on. Uh, I'm 27. There's the crow that, flies. That cannot possibly be true because I'm still only 34. Well, you know, it's the Zippo Beetle Brox, isn't it? Like something went wrong with the an accident uh, with a condom and a time machine. Well, I mean, I know there was an accident with the condom. You've reminded me of that every year. Shush. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the annual Hey Kids Comics Christmas Extravaganza. Extravaganza, indeed, you know, that explains the clowns and the, the, the and the balloons and yeah, yeah. yeah. The, well, the balloon, the elephants have shat everywhere. <laughs> which is, I was impressed when they were riding on the balls; like they, they kept the balance quite. Not well. elephants, dude. The mummer kills. Well, there are no elephants. There are no elephants in Lord of the Rings, and we are back for the annual Christmas extravaganza, which is what this is. It's a Christmas special. Yeah. We're all wearing shiny jumpers. Val yeah. going to show up and sing croon. We may have a guest appearance by David Bowie. From the from the dead. Yes. This is an extravaganza. Who can say what can happen? Although, you know, if David Lynch is to believe, he is a giant kettle now. So, is he? Yeah. So the bruiser on him, I guess. So we have reconvened to bring to you the one gift that you all crave at this time of year. It's, and it's free. And it's free. And you can't return it. We do not charge you. can't leave your yeah, you can't send it back. So there's no receipt involved in this, is what I'm saying. And, but this is a first... We are genuinely recording this on Christmas Day. We are. Christmas Day of 2022. Mark it in your calendars. For yeah. this is a historic day. A day that will live in infamy. Yeah. Infamy. They've all got it infamy. <laughs> and why are we recording it on Christmas Day? Because Adam's on the TV. Because Adam's on the TV, <laughs> yes. Adam is playing his new Ratchet and Clank Christmas game on the TV. But also, we've got a limited amount of time this year, have we not? We do, because work Because work does indeed suck. Do you remember when you were 15 and we did this and, and work wasn't an issue? I mean, I don't, I don't remember much, to be completely honest. We've uh, got an entire backlog of shit, though, that we just don't remember doing. I, I, I've, I've been drinking quite steadily for the past 10 years. I, yep. I don't remember much before 18. Well, it's also, it's 13.08. So I'm, I'm giving you the timestamp. Michael's been drinking since 12 because that's when pubs open. Yeah. To drink before that is considered yeah. irresponsible. Well, you know, I, I work in a bar and the bar opens at 12. So as soon as my Christmas rule is, yeah. no drinks before 12. But if the, if the bars are open, then I'll start. Mm. This, isn't, this isn't the farm. This isn't Glastonbury where I drink at 7am. Well, you drink all day. Oh, God, Constantly. Yeah. And all God, night. Yeah. yeah. Magical place. But, you know... <laughs> 
<laughs> like Tahiti in many ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I am also drinking because screw it. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Yeah, it's, it's Christmas. It's an alcoholic holiday. Yes. So we have got together to bring to you our usual bants. The kids, the kids still say about it. Well, I, I do, but I realised the other day I'm not a kid anymore. Oh, no, I'm no, not... no, you're, you're getting on a bit, man. I, I don't do the TikToks and the be reals. Do you not? No, I don't. So who do I go to now to find out what's what's keeping it real in the world of kid? God, no, Anya. She's still a kid. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. So, yeah, so we have, we have got together to record our annual Christmas extravaganza just for you. Whoever you are. <laughs> That's oh, listening yeah. to this. I mean, we're... this is for you <laughs> and nobody else. We don't enjoy this. We suffer through it just for you guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Actually, I quite enjoy doing this. I miss that we do this. To be honest with you, I do. I, I think there's there's a couple of times where I've read something or watched something and thought it would be really good to do talk about that on the show that we don't do anymore. Well, yeah, I have been told by my uh, work colleagues who discovered the show quite recently. But apparently this is the only wholesome thing that I do. And they're quite surprised to learn that, that I do something so wholesome. It is pretty much the only wholesome thing you have ever done. That is true. I mean, yeah, the, the, I just joke about poo and cum all the time at work. So they were, they were surprised to, to find out that I just like to talk about comics with my dad. Yes, I, I think we should mention that the, these are more adult than the shows used to be. <laughs> We've, we've, we've lowered the tone somewhat. <laughs> the gags are more bass. But basically, but, it is still I, Andrew Leyland. It is I. It is, yeah. And uh, a tither is me, uh, uh, Michael Leyland. Yeah, we're, we're still father and son. I've, I've yes, tried to divorce him. So. But obviously, it didn't take. And we still just come on here and talk crap about comic books. And But our annual Christmas one, in case you... I don't know who'd be listening to this who've never listened before. Your workmates! Oh, Hello, partner, Michael's yeah. workmates. It is lovely to, to be talking, to be coming At in your ears. You. Yeah, <laughs> to be coming in your ears. Uh, and for Christmas episodes, what we've done every year is we gas about what has happened in the year during our pop culture area of expertise. <laughs> that we remember. That we remember, which is very little. And discuss the many and varied Christmas presents that our beloved family has bestowed upon us hmm. in this lovely time of celebration and joy and inclusion and happiness. Oh, between the both of us, these are quite very They're, they're year excellent well. presents this year. I think you'll agree. So, without further ado, mm-hmm. should we leap into present number one? I think we shall. I'm, I'm not going to go in great detail about some of them because, you know, and I ain't read a lot of them. We're we hot off the spurs. Yes, of we, we have lit. I have literally just the, took all the wrapping paper to the bin. Yeah. That's where we're at. So, you go first, you can start. Oh, should I go first? Okay, yeah, well, you go well, first. I will do. Um, I believe this was off you and mum. Although they all just said you and mum. So whether that was really off. I paid for I assumed as much. That's how it works. <laughs> uh, so this, this is So just... technically it's off dad and mum. Yeah. Not mum and dad. Mum and dad. Well, this is just... Billing another... is important. This is just another Godzilla t-shirt, of which I have several. Oh, yeah, we nice put that up for you in, um, in Forbidden Planet in London. I can see, because it says... Uh, there we go, Forbidden Planet yeah. London. We said, your mum saw that. I'll give mum credit for that. I, I mean, I still paid for it, but I'll give mum credit for it that she saw that and thought, that's a Michael t-shirt. Yeah. If ever I saw one. I do have several. And she, she purchased that for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so that's what it is. Oh, so mum purchased this one? No, I paid for it. Right, so... But, right. you know, but my first purchase that we can't really talk about over much because I obviously haven't listened to it yet is okay. Space 1999 Earthbound Volume 3 of Big Finish's new audio adaptation of Jerry Anderson's classic 
space adventure there's series. Still, there's still new Space Night. There is still new Space As you will see later on. <laughs> of course. As you will see. That's <laughs> that an excellent segue. Just when I think you've forgotten how to do this, you do something like that. It's like setting I've up something this. early on in the show. Like when John McClane has to make the bunches with his feet at yeah, the beginning yeah. of Die Hard. Yeah. So that it explains later why he's no shoes on. You don't oh. you don't show a gun unless you plan on using it. Absolutely. Masterful. Yeah. Masterful. Yeah. So this is Big Finish's new audio adaptations of Space 1999, in which Mark Bonner, who is Scottish, mm-hmm. plays Commander Koenig. Uh, who is not Scottish. Right, okay. So he does I was an American where you were going with that, right? in this. Actually, his Scots comes through every now and again. So I'm like, why could Commander Koenig not just be Scottish? All right, so it's a character created for the audio drama. No, no, Commander Koenig is in the TV show. The oh, right, okay. popular space adventure series, Space 1999. I've heard of it. Started in 1974 and ran till 1976. Ran right. for two series. Okay. Yes. Uh, starred Martin Landau as he, Commander Koenig. He was not Scottish. He <laughs> was American. <laughs> which is why That's the why character is American <laughs> in this. But I would not have minded him being Scottish. It would not have bothered me in any way whatsoever. Because right. it's Space 19... It's the future, Jerry. People change accents all yes. the time in the future. Yeah, it, he was born in Scotland, moved to America, has dual citizenship, headed up NASA or whatever the equivalent of NASA was, got trapped on the moon, blown yeah. out of space. Nobody gives a crap what your accent is when you're well, blasted out into space. I mean, I mean you know you know some people, if, if someone's accent changes between two shows, you didn't get that right. Yes. So anyway, that, that was my first present. I was off your mum. Okay. And I'm very happy with my big finished purchase. Mm-hmm. It is grand. So, and in between gabbing about what presents we got, we also discussed the, the Year in Geek. The Year in Geek. Did you like that? I think I stole that off somebody. I have no idea. Probably. Either. I've read it somewhere. I'm just, I'm just a sponge. I pick up things and then regurgitate them as my own. Loads like Stanley. I just like to take credit for everything. <laughs> That's basically where I'm at. Dinner times were fun at the Leyland house growing up. <laughs> Lots of regurgitation like birds. was happening. Birds we were. So this year in the Star Wars front. Oh, did we have Star Wars this year? We had a, we had a Star War. We had okay. an Obi-Wan. Six-part miniseries that we looked did. incredibly cheap. And we had... It did, though, <laughs> didn't it? Did, yeah. It looked cheap as chips, man. Given the amount of money they spend on it. Doctor Who is now moving to be a Disney Plus exclusive, right? Yes. So in the rest of the world, it will be on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So it'll no longer be the cheap and cheerful ambition is greater than its budget. Boring. Yeah, show that we grew up and loving and adore it. Yeah. But what the show looks like was never my issue. I think Jodie Whittaker's run as Doctor Who looked better than Obi-Wan. And She-Hulk. I'll throw that in there as well. Jodie Whittaker's Doctor Who episodes look better on a limited budget mm-hmm. than She-Hulk and Obi-Wan did. Obi-Wan looked cheap as chips. Yeah, uh, Obi-Wan. Looked, was that on the same film screen as The Mandalorian? Yes, it was all shot on the volume, I believe it is called. Yeah, I mean, it kind of worked with The Mandalorian. Yeah, it looks it? great in The Mandalorian. Well, it, it's got that small-scale Western aesthetic yeah. thing, whereas Obi-Wan... And this is my problem with Obi-Wan. Tried or wanted to be bigger... Uh, than it actually was. See, here's the thing, right? I'll run this by. This was just my theory. I have no, I have no idea if that has any basis in reality. Okay. I think they shot Obi-Wan on the volume mm-hmm. because if they'd shot on location, they would have been hounded and hunted. Every paparazzi in the free world would have been yeah. there. Well, they, they kind of flamed that fire themselves, yes, didn't they? Did. they? Like, yeah. We're bringing back Ewan McGregor. We're bringing back Hayden Christensen. To be in a suit. But now I'm going, to, I'm going to be possibly controversial. Oh, do go on. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I like Obi-Wan better than Andor. I'm going to be controversial. You've not seen Andor. I didn't like Obi-Wan. I don't give a shit about Rogue One. <laughs> so, like, I've just not got around to Andor. I liked Obi-Wan. I didn't mind Obi-Wan. It's too long. I yeah. have found an edit on archive.org that cuts it down to two and a half hours, which I've considered watching. Yeah. Uh, well, that's been another one of the problems with these these TV shows is we don't need six hour long episodes. We do not. Uh, my other biggest problem was just, I didn't like Ewan McGregor. I'm sorry. What? As Obi Wan. Again. I've heard. I've heard a lot of a lot of arguments saying, "Well, no, because he's cut himself off and he's really depressed." No, you and McGregor came back for a paycheck and had completely forgotten how to play Obi Wan. This is this. How can you say something so controversial? And uh, well, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, there's there's the bit at the end uh, where he's talking to Leia about. Anakin and Padme, but he doesn't say that. He's talking about your parents. Yeah, he talks about her mother. And it's this really great bit, a really bit like a great bit of character. And then he gives Luke the the T sixteen, and then he sees Qui Gon, which I'm a big Qui Gon. Yeah, you love Qui Gon. And if those last ten minutes, if the rest of the show was as good as those last ten minutes, it'd have been a much better show. But instead, it was just the very definition of Disney Star Wars. Let's just get our toys out of the box and let's let grown men play with them. Do you think some of that comes from Ewan didn't do Alec Guinness's voice as much in this one? Or I didn't think he did. No. I, 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 not a problem with whatever voice he chooses to have. It's just more of a. Yeah, but he of... couldn't play him like this, could he? I, there's no way he could play him a Scottish. No. He couldn't run down the, the halls of Tatooine and choose life. My problem is not what he sounded like or looked like, but it's a different character. He's not playing... Well, he's not playing his Obi-Wan, no. He's, he's playing not... a much older Obi-Wan. The best way I can describe it... Okay. ...is when you first watch Star Trek The Motion Picture... Yes. ...something feels off about these characters. Like, they've not settled into who they were in the TV show. Mm-mm. But the more you watch it and the more you get into it and the more you adjust, you get this sense that they, as actors and characters, are also readjusting. And by the end of Star Trek The Motion Picture, everyone is exactly who they should be yes. and how you remember them. Yeah, and where they need to be to progress. Ewan McGregor never settled into his role as Obi-Wan. And because I felt like he never settled, I couldn't settle. Right. I couldn't. This was not... This wasn't... Mark Hamill in The Last Jedi as a natural progression. Mm. This was an actor who felt like he'd forgotten his role. He'd forgotten how to play Obi-Wan. Yeah. And the guy who had steered him towards the direction that he played Obi-Wan, George Lucas, was not there. It's a completely left-field comparison. Melissa McCarthy in the in the oh in yeah the, she was crapping Gilmore Girls because she'd forgotten she'd forgotten how to, how play, to play Suki yeah, yeah and yeah. that's that's my Ewan McGregor in in Kenobi yeah, right. no no that's fair see I I didn't mind Obi Wan because I'm a mark for Ewan mm-hmm. I don't mind Ewan McGregor at all I didn't mind Hayden Christensen coming back I have no idea why they felt the need yeah given that he was mostly just Darth Vader and it was the side characters yeah the 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 one of the sisters the Inquisitors the Inquisitors yeah. yeah. And her character is she wants revenge against Anakin, but she wouldn't know that Anakin's she wouldn't know about Anakin. She why is she going uh, to get revenge on Luke? Because she wouldn't have known. Yeah, she wouldn't have known any of that. So there's it felt like a lot of the show was written for the sake of we want to show. Ewan this. has said he is willing to come back. 
Yeah. How can we do that? And also, how can we tie this into the grand sky? Well, this is this is my other thing. You and I have discussed this just earlier on today. My problem with Disney Star Wars mm-hmm. is that they bought a story that's ended. George, yeah. for good or ill, ended Star Wars in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not he had 7, 8, 9, and 10, 11, and 12, if you're that old, <laughs> planned yes. is, is you know, whatever. Whatever he says at this point. And he, he clearly did have an idea for 7, 8, 9, because when he originally decided to sell up, he gave them his 7, 8, 9 wasn't part of the deal. All right, okay. And Bob Iger said no. Right. Either it's all or nothing. You sell us everything, or you sell us nothing. Okay. And George decided that he was whatever age he was then, 57, whatever, I yeah. don't know. This would be another 20 years of his life. If he did yeah. 7, 8, 9, he can't be bothered. The Star Wars fanboys had pissed him off enough yeah. that he was just like, right, fine, well, sell it. the same people who want him back now. Well, that's the hypocrisy of the fanbase. But the problem with that is then the story's ended. So everything else that they have done is just dancing around yeah. the story and as already exists. This, this kind of borrows to my controversial argument is that whether you like or dislike The Last Jedi... I like it. I love it. It's my favourite one. It was so different and deconstructive mm. of of the franchise that everything after... It broke Star Wars and everything after that has been safe. What have we had after The Last Jedi? Rise of Skywalker. An incredibly safe Rise of Skywalker that brought back all of your favourite toys that you can play with. Yeah, but it did it in an inane way. You've had, uh, oh, we brought back Boba Fett in one of the most Uh, pedestrian television shows. We brought back Boba Fett in a show that only got good when we brought The Mandalorian in. The other character, yeah. yeah. We've had... Andor, so like a, 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 another bizarrely, I, I never got the the Andor a prequel to a prequel, prequel to a prequel. It's it's everything we've had since the Last Jedi has been let these grown men take their toys out of the toy box and play the stories that they wanted. Not let's let new people tell new stories with new characters. It's Star Wars. You know how big the galaxy yeah. is. Well, this is what this is what I mean when I said they've bought a franchise that has ended. And it's just going to be this until they come up with whatever 10, 11, and 12 would be. Mm -hmm. A new story, a new direction, a new way. And if that's go back and do Rise of the Sith or the beginning of the Jedi Order, whatever. Yeah. But show us something we've not seen before and stop giving us little tiny Easter eggs to make the fans go squee. Well, yeah, well, that's it. It would have been perfect. It would have been great for even The Force Awakens as weak and safe as it is if they'd have followed that trajectory of they've killed off han solo Mm -hmm. they've killed off luke they've killed off leia to show this trajectory of this new trilogy being moving past it then fine but by the end of the rise of skywalker you've now just got more of the same yes they were too scared to continue that trajectory yeah they were too scared to go down the path ryan johnson laid out for them yeah and that's led us to this stagnation that we're in now even though andor is on many of the best TV shows of the year list. Now, here's the thing with Andor, right? It is well-written. It is well-made. Mm-hmm. It is well-acted. Mm-hmm. It is a good analogy for, for dissidents and rising up against totalitarian regime and using real-life incidents as part of your story. They've done all of that exceptionally well. Yeah. It's still a prequel to a prequel. Yes. And, I, I, truthfully, I would 
question who wanted this, but this is my Principal Skinner moment where I'm just like, am I out of touch or are the kids wrong? Well, I, I kind of feel the same way because everyone's falling over the backwards. Falling over themselves backwards, that's what I'm trying to say, <laughs> to praise Andor. And they mention it as, like, best TV shows. Empire Magazine named it best show of the year. All right. And I'm like, it wasn't even the best show on streaming this year. Wednesday was more enjoyable to me than Andor. <laughs> well, I've not seen any of these, but even I'm kind of questioning your yeah. opinions here. <laughs> really? Because I enjoyed Wednesday more than Andor. Sorry, but I did. If Andor was divorced from Star Wars, not part of Star Wars or anything, I would be saying right. it's the best sci-fi show since Galactica. But then would it would it still have the same kind of meaning? I think It wouldn't have got renewed for a second season what, if it wasn't Star Wars. Again, I've never seen it, but what I kind of feel like it's leaning on is let's kind of take this big sci-fi fantasy... And make um, it grounded and real. Yeah, and I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with doing that. I, I think it's really interesting if it's if it's done well. It is um, done well. But I'm like, this isn't really what I'm coming to Star Wars for. And people yeah. are actually saying it's great adult TV. It's got no lightsabers and no force and no Jedi. So then why are you wanting to yeah, watch Star so Wars? What, if it's not got any of those elements, why are you watching Star Wars? And it's it's not that I don't think it is great. It is. I genuinely enjoyed it for the full run of the show. Mm -hmm. And I love seeing the Scottish location. See, that did shoot on location. Uh, yes. And yeah, not yeah, on the volume. Yeah. So that was nice. And every single actor in it is, it's that guy! Right. There's somebody from Press Gang in it. <laughs> right, okay. Which delighted me no end. <laughs> so there's all of that. But at the same time, there's this niggling feeling in the back of me that this isn't really what I want to see from Star Wars. Book of okay. Boba Fett is more Star Wars than Andor. But then... For good or ill. Compared to what we've just been saying about Star Wars playing it safe, are we getting into a thing here now where... Andor did what we wanted Star yes. Wars to do. Yes, it did. But uh, but it, but it it went a little bit too far. Maybe I don't know. But you're right. Andor is a prime example of be careful what you wish for. It gave us what we wanted, right? And then we found out, oh, maybe we don't want this at all. Well, that's that, I mean that's that's genuinely more interesting on watching it because if it is completely new it direction is. for Star Wars, yeah, and then... there's, there's none of this bullshit. Oh. There's, there's the little do, 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 drive. Yeah. Oh, there's none of that. Like Rogon was littered in. Yeah. And the Empire stuff. I love the Empire stuff. Okay. The only backstabbing with the Imperials is really good. They've got right. one of the best bad guys in it since the bad guy in Rogue One. What was his name? He's played yeah. by the guy who's in C I, I, who's the scroll. I, I know who you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah. And the bad guy in this is great. She's brilliant. Okay. All that Imperial stuff is great. The problem I have with it is. Cassian Ander is the most boring part of his own show. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I would rather, honestly, I would rather watch a rebellion rising up against the Empire show that didn't have any characters in we knew. It was its own show, yeah. not a prequel. The, yeah. They're not connected to Rogue One at all because all the Imperial stuff is absolutely brilliant. And it's brilliant to see Ben Bailey Smith in it. Okay. Ben Bailey Smith used to sub on Radio Five for Mark Kermode <laughs> right. when Mark Kermode was on holiday. He yeah. was he became he was a film critic okay. and an actor. Right. So to actually see Ben Bailey Smith in Star Wars is like, well, okay. <laughs> so there's but it, it, is it? Be careful what you wish for. I don't know. And Sam, I, I am more interested in watching it now. I'd cause... I'd I would recommend it. I would not recommend it. Well, I've. I've... I've, well, I've always been interested in the idea of, like I said, Star Wars is it's, it's a big thing. So why have people just not been doing 
mm. new things within that world. So if it is kind of that, but yeah, it's again my same problem with we know these characters, we know these stories, we know where they're gonna end yeah. up. So divorcing it from anything else would have been more interesting. Yes, because ultimately we know Cassie and Andor ends up dead. Spoilers. Well, we knew that going into Rogue One. And yeah, yet people still think that Rogue One. The weakest of the Star Wars films <laughs> is the favourite. So. The third act as one of the best space battles ever committed to Star Wars. I love that third act. I don't disagree with you about the rest the of it. Third and Krennic, much... that's him, Commander Krennic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's okay. the best human villain yes. that Star Wars had had up to that point since Peter Cushing. Yeah. Better yeah. than Christopher Lee. Sorry, I love Christopher Lee, but Count Dooku was nothing. Yeah. Krennic was brilliant. But ultimately with Rogue One, I... As a kid, I was never, well, well, I wonder where they got their plans from. It's also, it's, it's, my, I don't like the third act as much as you, because for me, it falls down to everything happens because of convenience. Mm. Everyone fulfills yeah, their role and then, dies. And then immediately yeah. dies. And I'd only really twig that after you said it. You said, watch it again. As yeah. soon as they function, com- completed the function in the plot, they die. Yeah. And the minute, they don't die before, they don't die after, they don't die before and then another character has to finish the function in the plot. Yeah. The minute that they've done, they're dead. Everyone fulfills convenience. Yeah. I See, I I don't fall down and worship at the altar of Rogue One either. I think Solo's better than Rogue One. Oh, absolutely. Which may be sacrilegious, but at least Solo is just exactly what it pretends to be, just a rip-roaring space opera. Uh, that's what I think Star Wars should be. Uh, I, I think, as I said to you, and this works better in text, so I'll try to exaggerate my voice. Okay. The problem with the Disney stuff is George Lucas was it's just... Disney. Well, George Lucas was just doing a Star Wars film, mm. whereas every single Disney <laughs> film uh, and TV show, apart from Solo... Wanted to be a Star Wars film. Mm. And there's so much importance behind every single one. Solo's the only one that was just a Star Wars film. Yeah. Yeah, it, I it, agree with it, that. It didn't want to be important. It didn't want to it just wanted mean to be anything. And yes, it does that thing where it ticks off the list. Yeah, of oh, there's Darth Maul. And... But once you get aside that, after that first act... Yeah, well, that's where he got his name, Han Solo. Really? It just becomes a romp of, well, here's some characters that you know. Having another adventure. Yeah, yeah. It's just a romp. Yeah, I like Solo. I would love to see whatever Miller and Lord shot. Right, okay. I would love to see that footage and see what was different about it that Kathleen Kennedy felt she had to fire them. <laughs> yeah. But I don't suppose we ever will. No. They're never going to release that. So that's the state of Star Wars. I don't even know what's coming up now. I've never even watched The Bad Batch. I don't care. I'm, I'm curious because I, I want to like I want the to like animated everything. stuff. Yeah, it's just well, especially with the the the, the new Mandalorian coming out. I'm inter- obviously is... I, I'm invested in the Mandalorian. Me too. Uh, I'd watch anything that Baby Yoda's in. And now that they dovetailed it with the book of Boba Fett. Yeah, um, and I know that season three especially is going to be more of a sequel to Clone Wars. Alright. See, I don't know anything about it. Well, they've continued on. So all of the, the Mandalorian stuff and the Katie Sackhoff stuff, yeah. that's all a sequel to The Clone Wars. Right, okay. And so with this one being more about the fall of Mandalore, I want to watch those bits in Clone Wars. My problem with Clone Wars, though, is I just cannot get into it. It's just... I, I, I know people love it. Yeah, it has a fan base. And people it? keep saying, if you just stick with it... 
But I, I found. But how it to long be, do you have to stick with something? I genuinely found it to be the most inaccessible Star Wars series, and I, I, I'm following best of lists. I'm mm. following most important. Yeah, I, I'm, I've I'm, seen your list. I've, I've got. I like. I'm trying to get into it. It's just. It's so inaccessible, at least to me, anyway. And I don't know what it is. Is some of it that we we both loved again, Tartofsky stuff? Probably. I, I rewatched them quite They're recently. Brilliant, yeah. They're fantastic. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Excellent examples of efficient storytelling. Yeah, that, and it was done and dusted in what two volumes? You can get of it done like five minute episodes. You can watch all of it in like three hours, as opposed to five years worth of Clone Wars. Yeah, the only one of Clone Wars. I don't disagree with you. I did like Clone Wars, but it, it is it is difficult. I don't know what that is. That both of us have exactly the same problem with. Mm-hmm. It. I did like the last series that basically does Revenge of the Sith from Ahsoka's point of view. And again, I want to watch that, but yeah. I want to watch that in context. I don't just want to jump forward and watch You don't just, just want to watch the whole, it. just that series. Because well, I don't feel like you'd get that payoff when no, you're probably f- following won't. a soak. So yeah. I, I want to watch this and I want to enjoy it, but yeah. maybe it's not for me, man. Well, and that's fine. You know, sometimes it's even within stuff that you like. You've got to accept there's things you don't like. You've got to accept there's things you don't like. And I think that's that's being a fan. Yeah. You can be a fan of something and accept that there's going to be certain aspects you, yeah. of it. It's not for me. Like I've said to you about Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, mm. I think that's the best Star Trek series since Deep Space Nine, and it okay. came about because somebody on the production crew had the bright spark intelligence to say, "Why don't we just do Star Trek?" <laughs> well, something tells me we might discuss Star yes, Trek in, in more the, detail yes. at some point. <laughs> Stay tuned to this channel for more of that later. But, yeah, and sometimes I just want people to, why don't we just do Star Wars? Why do we keep trying to edge it up a bit? Why don't we just do a Star Wars? I mean, again, the irony of this is we have both just said... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I am aware (laughs) of the glass house in which we live (laughs) and the stones at which we are throwing. (laughs) I am more than aware of... And, again, I want to to put this out there on Front Street. I didn't dislike Andor. I thoroughly enjoyed Andor. Hmm. I appreciated what Andor was doing. Yeah. And like I say, if it had been like another Star um, science fiction show, I would be like, all right, this is doing analogy. Oh, that's clever. But Star Wars has never been that. But it's one show wearing the face of another. Yeah. And But at the same time, it's just one show. Hmm. It's Disney Star Wars. They're just going to keep churning this crap out for until time immemorial. Now. Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully with them reconsidering how they're structuring the Marvel stuff, they might yeah. take that on board to Star Wars as well. We'll get on to Marvel. Well, they've scrapped loads of yes. Star Wars films, haven't they've they? The, the... They've not scrapped Rogue Squadron. Oh, I thought they had. No, no, no. Patty Jenkins posted after she'd been... We'll get... Should we do the DC stuff? <laughs> should we do... The... Should we step into that fire pit? <laughs> what, are we stepping over Marvel for a bit now? Yeah, I'm going to skip Marvel. <laughs> You know how much I love the DC shit. You know how much I love this drama. You um, know how much I love Ray Fisher. I mean, and all the behind the scenes of Justice the, League. The, the Dwayne Johnson stuff. And the Dwayne Johnson stuff. Missing oh. fraud. Oh, dog. It's just the gift that keeps on giving. So, I mean. Does it I, come with a refund? I, I assume everyone who's back. listening to this is aware of what went on. So, James Gunn has been hired to steer the DC ship. Mm hmm. Because they feel that they've not had a direction since they fired Zack Snyder. And all you can do is go, well, whose fault's that then? Yeah. Because as much as I dislike Snyder's direction and think Batman versus Superman is miserablism porn, 
of the highest order. God, that film is hard work. Yeah, and I mean, sure. you've got to give it some credit. Yeah. When did it come out? And we're still talking yeah, yeah, yeah. about I, it. Yeah, I give it all the credit in the world for it's his it's his imprinture all over it. Mm-hmm. And Warner Brothers should have sucked it up, released his version of Justice League, and let the chips fall. And if Justice League had tanked, then they could have parted company with him mm-hmm. and said, "Look, this isn't working. Let's go in a different direction." Yeah. But instead, they pissed all over his version of Justice League, <laughs> using his daughter's suicide as an excuse, which is ab- abominable, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Whether you're a fan of Snyder or not, and I am not, yeah. using that as an excuse for the parting of the waves was reprehensible. They brought in Whedon to do that shitty edit, which is God. And I say that as someone who likes a lot of Whedon's work, <laughs> yeah. more than I like Zack Snyder's work. <clears throat> His version of Just League is terrible. But then after that, you then had Zack Snyder fanning the flames. Yeah, oh this. yeah, yeah. And Eamon Ray Fisher fanning the flames of a fandom that is already, let's be honest, on the cusp, if not teetered over into obsession mm. of the wrong kind. Mm. So you've got those two. And if you're enabling that fan base to that level, you are just as bad as the people you are accusing of being abusers. Yeah. In many ways. Because they they have been relentless in their pursuit of anyone who didn't see things their way. So they've brought in James Gunn, who I, honestly, I don't think he's the saviour they think he's going to be. No. Based, I honestly am of the opinion the Guardians of the Galaxy films work as well as they do because Marvel rein him in. Yes, but also I think there's some credit to be had with, well, he's had an incredibly successful film. He's yeah. had an incredibly successful show. It might be good to kind of just have yeah. the same director doing, you know. Yeah, to, to come up with a vision for what the future is. But the shit show that is. So Black Adam drops. The Rock comes 15 in. 15 years in the making. Yeah, so. The Rock comes in all ego and neck muscle. Oh, what was it? The hierarchy. The hierarchy of the DC universe is changing. <laughs> yeah. Words that now just look like. <laughs> okay. So he comes in and he brings Henry Cavill back as Superman for a three-second cameo at the end. Spoilers at the end of the film. Who's just left his fan favorite? Who's just show. left the Which Witcher? Also, because he's not happy with the writing staff and such as well. But that's still a dream role for him. Yeah. Whichever way you want to look at it, to announce that he's back for him then to be to then have to recant on that less than a month later. Yes. For. The Rock to cook the books <laughs> to show that no, <laughs> then, Black Adam actually made a profit for then him to be told, uh, no, there is a new hierarchy in the DC Universe, but it ain't you, dude. It's the fact that it, 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 he wasn't fired. He got found out committing fraud yeah. and then cut his own contract and went, actually, oh. Well, but to then have Patty Jenkins be told, your Wonder Woman 3 isn't what we want to do. Yeah. So she's walked. Oh, it's, I mean, I, 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 I appreciate that. The Wonder Woman films were flops. No, the first no, one no, wasn't. I mean, okay, I, I don't mean they were flops. I mean, they weren't great. No, the first one and is. That, I would argue. Yeah. I think the first one's really fun. So, Do you know why it's fun? It's a Marvel movie. <laughs> and this, the, so I get saying, okay, well, this wasn't working. Let's carry on. Which is why it's so 
bizarre that this Batgirl film was canned. Yep. Uh, this rumoured, or not necessarily rumoured, but um, pre-production Batman Beyond film with Michael Keaton yep. was scrapped. But The Flash, starring an actual felon, <laughs> is still going... Not only is it still going ahead... I don't even have to say still, allegedly, though, do it's, I? It's still... No, an actual <laughs> felon yep. is still going ahead with, with loads of Warner Brothers money, uh, like finance, advertising going into it to get this one to still come out, despite the fact that... What, what is it? Like, it's setting up a, a, a franchise that is now being it's completely now not going scrapped. Yeah. A bizarre move from Warner Brothers. To keep pressing forward with that but to ditch Snyder's version of Justice League. Yeah. It doesn't make any doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Like how much money they had to put into the the, the Snyder's yeah. Justice League. Well again, then... the Snyder fans are really should, should be incredibly grateful. Under this new regime, that Snyder cut would not they would not have thrown seventy more million dollars at that nah, to you'd finish had, it. You'd have had two hours of Josh Whedon and that's that. And that's it, yeah, you would never have got it. So they, instead of being assholes about it they yeah. should be. We got our four-hour cut. Bizarre. Because I did the the what was it the the David Goyer or the David Ayer? I get them confused. The David Ayer cut of the Suicide David Squad, which Suicide, he still is like released the whatever. Which is bizarre. I mean, especially this. I think this was a few years ago. Now we probably discussed it. His statements of just going, "I've seen dead bodies." Release my cut of this film. Despite the fact that he's gone on, he's gone on, he's gone on record to say. Ah, uh, there were about a hundred different cuts of Suicide Squad, and they were all shit. It's like, so don't. What is this now? Where's Where's your change of, well, of the, heart come the from? The thing is, have you seen James Gunn's The Suicide Squad? I have not, because I have very little interest in the DC films. Other than I keep saying to you, I keep fancying watching them just out of like morbid curiosity. <laughs> yeah. It's it's fine. See, this is my issue, right? Irrespective of my personal opinion on Snyder's movies, and I quite like Man of Steel. I thought Man of Steel was interesting. I thought Batman vs. Superman doubled down on the stuff about Man of Steel that I didn't find interesting. Mm -hmm. And Justice League was just more of the same. Now, you can argue Ben Affleck completed his Batman arc in Justice League. Bring him back, bring him back. I don't don't want to play Batman anymore. Bring him back! Yeah, in respect to what the actor wants, let's just bring him back all the time. But okay, all right. So essentially, cut that epilogue off Justice League and the film's done. End it with the shirt rip. No, but the, the, that that ending's hilarious. Yeah, but in, but not in a good way. I will fucking kill you. <laughs> yes, it, 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 get rid of that. End the film with the shirt rip, and you've got you, your arcs are completed. So everybody's happy. Yeah, we never have to see Lois Lane die and have an affair with Batman or whatever the bullshit what? thing. There was something about Lois was going to end up with Bruce. Right. Superman was going to end up angry because Lois was dead. You know the injustice crap. Oh, right. so, that, that, that Mortal Kombat video. Yeah, game. that's where he was going to go with right. something. I don't know the full details, and nor do I care. But it's something like that. Okay. But then what you add then is a bunch of fur to middling movies, right? Mm. Wonder Woman worked, and I enjoyed Wonder Woman. Okay. It's a Marvel movie. So that's why it works, right? Aquaman, right. for reasons I will never understand, made a billion dollars. <laughs> it's not good. But it's not bad. It's, it's not the one that's got the Pitbull cover of Toto's Africa. Yeah. And it's got an octopus playing the drums and all that. That's quite fun. I t- actually, you, you sell it. I sell it. <laughs> and it's very colourful. And it's very colourful and bright and action-packed. Which and is strange for a DC film. of Snyder's stuff. Yeah. But it still has Jason Momoa in it. Do you think the biggest problem with the DC stuff is they wanted more... So they didn't kind of plan 
in stages. It just everything had to spawn off into something else. Yes. But, they wanted what Marvel had done without putting in the groundwork that Marvel had done. But also not only that, but everything had Import. the DNA of Zack Snyder. Yes. Nothing could like... And one of the... I mean, we're kind of seeing this criticism with the Marvel films is whenever a director tries to put their own kind of style into a film, like whether you like it or not, you've got The Eternals, which yep. tried to be something new. Which I like much more than um, Justice League. Doctor Strange 2. Which is... I didn't find very entertaining. But these films had, um, like, fans didn't like them as much because they were a bit different to the, to the yes. formula. So this is kind of, with the DC stuff, is all of them had the DNA of Zack Snyder yes, in. Yes, and there was no getting away from that. Shazam was arguably one of the better ones. Right. But for every lovely bit of Zachary Levi clearly having fun and enjoying himself, the, yeah. the the villain in it was incredibly dark. Right. And it's like you're watching two completely different movies bolted together. Yeah. Like, does this want to be a, a Freaky Friday 7 going on 17 comedy flick about this kid who could become an adult superhero? Yeah. Or does it want to be this dark Snyder-esque deconstruction superhero film? So regardless of the character and the tone, everything had to be yeah. Man of Steel. So Shazam's, but Shazam is a, a is typical of what I'm talking about. Shazam was fine, right? Aquaman was fine. Wonder Woman eighty four just disappeared because it was released in the middle of COVID, straight to streaming. Ninety mm. percent, I would argue, of Joe Public, yeah, don't know that that exists. They don't know Wonder Woman got a sequel, especially in the rest of the world where HBO Max well, isn't a thing. This is one of the difficult things to say because it's, it's easy for us to say that within our own little comic book echo chamber. I have but, never met a single real life person who watched Wonder Woman eighty four. You've never met a single real life person. <laughs> that is true. That is valid. That is yeah. I, I take that on board. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand. Yeah. <coughs> People at work know I like this shit, right? And they talk to me about this shit. And I have not met a single real life person who liked Batman versus Superman. Yeah. They all thought it was miserable. Wanted a four-hour cut of Justice League. They don't give a shit about who directed Justice League. This is what the fan base don't understand. The regular Joe public does not care. Yeah. They just want to be entertained. Yeah. And they didn't go and see Justice League, either version, because yeah. they didn't like Batman vs. Superman. That's mm. the bottom line. So they don't know Wonder Woman 84 exists, because it went straight to a streaming service that is non-existent in the rest of the world. It has just shown up on Amazon, Wonder Woman 84. Okay. So a year after it came out, yeah. maybe people will now discover it a bit. Because it's literally on Amazon Prime this week. Right. Because I saw it as I was scrolling through. So maybe people will discover that there is a sequel to Wonder Woman. But upcoming, you've now got two movies there, Shazam and Aquaman 2, yeah. that those actors have got to go out and promote, knowing more than likely they're fired. Yeah, it's it's... The walk in the proverbial plan. Yeah. And a lot of people have, have said, well, what does this mean for everything else? Because as people have pointed out, I would argue Margot Robbie is more valuable than mm. Henry Cavill. Yeah. At the moment. Yeah, well. Because Birds of Prey and the fabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn, I enjoyed that film. Mm. More than I would, but again, it's but... another one most people don't know exists. Yeah, they don't that's care. True. Well, that was that was another lockdown one. I don't. Was it another? One? I don't know. I don't it may know. have been. I lose track. I mean, plus it's led by women, so of course it's woke. Yes. <laughs> um, but again, this is this is all. Why are they still pushing with the Flash and Aquaman two? 
are not Batgirl that yeah. is not connected to any other film apart from Michael Keaton. Yeah, but, but that's uh, predating. But Batman. Yeah. <clears throat> Have you not seen the advert? Batman. Right. Is Burning in the Flash? Oh, is it okay? Like right. Batman's right. in massive lettuce. Well, Everything we've been hearing about it is... It's oh, all about Batman. This actor's returning as this character. This actor's playing this character. It's yeah. like, is The Flash going to be no, in No, well, they, they want to downplay Ezra Miller, don't they? But there you go. scrap that film too. There's another... There's, there's, the Flash, there's a third movie, The Flash. Let's be honest, they're not keeping Ezra Miller. Well, this movie could make $2 billion at the box office. What? They ain't keeping Ezra Miller. Yes. An actual felon. Yeah. There's, there's no <laughs> way. It's... it's, it's it's completely. I would never understand. It's absolutely bizarre because they're an actual felon. <laughs> Just in case you've not made that point enough. But, but, Warner Brothers don't seem to remember that. No, like, well, Warner Brothers only care about the film. Again, one of the other films they've just completely scrapped off for tax yeah. purposes. Well, the other film that had no problematic cast, as far as I can understand. Yeah. So you know, but oh god, the DC thing is just the gift that keeps on giving. And the only thing you can hope for at this point is James Gunn actually manages to make something. Because when Superman shows up at the end of Black Adam, another resolutely meh film, yeah. it's not bad. Yeah, It's not great. But again, it suffers from the problem that DC have as they think it's cool and edgy to have their heroes kill people. Mm. And let's not forget, Black Adam's a bad guy. Yeah, And you chose to make a film about a bad guy. Yeah. So the problem with that is you have to make the JSA seem incompetent and useless, yeah. which they do. Honestly, Pierce Brosnan is the only one who walks out of that film with any integrity. <laughs> Sarah Shahi as well, but I quite like Sarah Shahi. So that's fine. But mm. it's, you know, it's nothing. So he shows up at the end as Superman. He's got the yeah. kiss curl. Okay. It's got the John Williams music. Well, do, that doesn't work. No. It's not gritty it enough. It does not work. No, oh, no, wait, genuinely, oh, wait, no, it doesn't right. work. Okay, okay. It genu because that music is aspirational and inspirational and heroic. All words that I do not associate with Henry Cavill's Superman, based mm. on what we have seen so far. Through this no is the guy that just no 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 problem with Henry Cavill at all. I would love to have seen him do a Superman movie. Yeah, but this is a Superman who hovers above people, flood victims, yeah, and just yeah, hovers yeah. above them like I am here as your savior. This is a Superman who just mopes around all the time, wondering why people don't like him more. Yeah, he's not an aspirational or heroic figure mm. in those films. And we just kept getting being told that he's getting there, he's getting there, but he never fucking did, did he? Yeah. So that's that's the problem when you plan for too much. Yeah. You don't deliver on no, the small. No, you don't deliver it. So the minute you put the John Williams theme behind him, it just did not work. Okay. At all. So joking about all the people saying it won't work. It didn't work. Didn't yeah. it didn't work at all. And well, it's very much, we need to have a chat. And I just want the next film to be the two of them just having a coffee. <laughs> and just generally shooting the breeze and not punching each other through buildings. Honestly, it's, <coughs> I do think the best thing that they could possibly do now is to just let this sit. For about well, they're not going to do that. No. They want Marvel money. Marvel like, are regularly churning out nearly a billion at the box office. Although Black Panther 2 not done as well as they Marvel, expected. Marvel, whether you, whether you like them or not, in their, their current state, have... Earned where they are. Yes, now. that's that's um, the big deal though. The best the best thing that DC could do is not have brought on James Gunn, but bring on someone in about five years' time after yeah, let they it settled sit for down. A bit. Yeah, because what they need to do is a new Fifty Two, just a straight up yep. fresh start. Because otherwise, and again, you've you don't read the comics, but you've just seen you've seen Man of Steel, you've seen Batman versus Superman, you might have seen Justice League, Wonder Woman, uh, and all of those, and then all of a sudden you've got this. 
new direction, these yeah. new films, and you like, but with the same actors. Oh, but different actors because you've got a new Superman now. Yeah. But then you've got the same Aquaman, but and the same Flash and the same Wonder Woman, but a different Batman. Yeah. See, the Robert Pattinson stuff that seems to have been immune so far. But it's not. People are still trying to bring it in. No, no. What I'm saying is he's not fired Robert Pattinson. No. And he's not told Matt Reeves to get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. So whether or not he feels that that's something he can work with within his new framework. Yeah. Because it is completely divorced from the Snyder stuff. Well, Matt Reeves has already got his own kind of yeah, he's got his own little cinematic thing. Hasn't yeah, he? Yeah. So maybe James Gunn's like, well, okay, this isn't part of that Snyder stuff. Robert Pattinson, I can work with that. Mm. I don't need to cancel that straight away. Yeah. Because let's be honest, Affleck's pushing 55. Yeah. Isn't he? Yeah. He must be, because he's older than me. So he must be around that age. Henry Cavill has the stench of Snyder to him. This mm. is my problem with them keeping Henry Cavill. Yeah. You've got to convince the audience that this Superman movie is not going to be the mope fest that the last one was. Yeah. I mean, I think Henry Cavill's probably got the best deal of all now. He's, he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's doing Warhammer. He's just signed on he's, to his Warhammer He's, stuff, he's made which up. Is, one door closed, yep. another door closed. He now gets to do a Warhammer cinematic Yeah, but he, and he's yeah. been given the keys to the kingdom. Yeah. He's been, you can develop the TV shows you because you're a big fan. Yeah. So Henry Cavill's walked out this smelling of roses. Yeah. So fair play to him. Well done. I still want my Man From Uncle sequel, but that's clearly not going to happen because <laughs> of Army Hammer. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. So what you do with Henry Cavill is you cast him as the saint. Oh, I still forgot that happened. That was yeah. a real thing. Which is a shame because Man From Uncle was a great film. I loved Man From Uncle. But, you know, poor Henry. Who expected cannibalism, man? And nobody expected. <laughs> nobody had that on the Army <laughs> Hammer bingo card. <laughs> Anyway, we'll keep it sci-fi and comics. An hour later. An hour later, yes. And uh, Angela bought me a Treasury Edition. Yeah. I love a Treasury Edition. It's not in bad condition either. Book Rogers. The in the 21st book, century. In the 25th century. The 21st. Sorry. Well, they might not have jumped that far ahead yet. That's true. And it's the comic book adaptation of the pilot movie, which was also released cinematically, of Book Rogers in the 25th century. And you did remind me of that. And yes, because I went seeing it at the cinema. Because of course I did, yes. And I'm, I'm in love with it because it's a treasure edition. And I now want Gil Gerard to come to a convention in England so I can have him sign this for me. Seeing as I got denied Lee Majors signing him in six million dollar man magazines. Why? Because it was the same weekend that we went away on holiday. Uh, and I thought it was the weekend before. I screwed the date. So, okay. so that was all on me. So that was my fault. So I am delighted by my Butt Rogers treasure. You know what I want now? I want the Al Williamson adaptation of Flash Garden. All right, which okay. I can't find anywhere. Apparently it's redolent in America, all over the place. Right. Over here, I can't find a damn copy of it anywhere. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to have a look for it when we're on holiday. But anyway, your turn. Oh, I don't know. Okay, we'll go for the, we'll go for this. We'll go for that. So, there used to be a recurring joke. They did. Which, I mean, this is always weird doing this, isn't it? We've been doing this where we explain things to each other. Things Stuff that's been part of the family for, this, for, for, the, sake, for, for the, the sake, sake of, of the audience. audience. Yes. Uh, Hello, lovely audience. <laughs> Uh, so for the for the the audiences listening at home, uh, or in your car, or, well, you know, um, or while you masturbate, while listening to, I mean, I would, I would imagine that's a very minuscule part I, of the audience. I'd quite like to be someone's reason to masturbate, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. <coughs> oh, sorry, I've got a bad cold because it's Christmas. <laughs> um, so, I'm glad you went there. I'm not. We're related. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm horrified that you went there. Is that better? That is better. All right, tell us about your present. But fill us in on the backstory. 
God, I feel like I need to shower in bleach. <laughs> <laughs> As do I. <laughs> I can't bleep that. Hey, hello, dog. Hello, dog. We have a dog. Hello, dog. Go on. So uh, there used to be a recurring joke between me and mum uh, in which uh, we would both see a Chucky doll. Because bizarrely, Chucky... Child's play, Chucky. Child's, yeah. yeah. Chucky was a trend, like, in the early 2000s all yeah, over the big. place. Yeah, he was big. Yeah. And he was, like, toy size. You know what I mean. Um, so it used to be a recurring thing, like, we'd both, like, say each other, oh, I'm going to buy you a Chucky doll, I'm going to buy... This year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mum... Did mum... We we both saw these Funko Pops, okay, yeah. and we, we between the two, we decided which one to buy you. Okay, so, yes, yeah, I, 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 mum got me a Chucky doll. Yeah. A literal a little, Funko a Pop Funko Chucky doll. And you hate Funko Pops. I do. They're the plague. I mean, after the nuclear war, they will be currency. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> then all that will be left <laughs> will just be landfills of Funko Pops. Funko Pop and cockroaches. They're yes, the things that can that's survive. It. Yeah. And copies that E.T. game that they scratched. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's yeah. all that will be left. A, what a world. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... A, <laughs> I really, <laughs> Where is Toy Story 5, <coughs> but it's living Funko Pops it's living playing Funko E.T. Pops, yeah. Eating each other. <laughs> They've got to cross over the wilderness. Like, the roaches are out. <laughs> the Damnation Alley version of Funko Pops. And if you had a Damnation Alley reference on your bingo card for the Hey Kids Christmas special, well done. We're ticking them all off. Yes. So uh, that, that's, that's that is, good. That is, my, that is my tricky doll. Anyway, should we move to Marvel? I mean Marvel. Move and talk about Marvel. Marvel's uh, slate. Now, this is delightful. Penguin have released three really quite extravagant hardcovers mm. with gold trim. Oh, I've just seen Ooh. the trade dress. What's wrong with the trade dress? And the Spider-Man. But they're the same. They're all no, the same. No, no, no. Do you buy them? Oh, because Spider-Man's a bit bigger. Unless, oh. What? Right. Do you have to put them in a specific order? I, I don't know. I'm, I, I could be making this. So let's do... Let's put Spider-Man. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Wow, that is. Oh, oh no, 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 these Penguin editions of Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain America. Michael Bailey first sent me information about this. Hi, Mike. These were Barnes and Noble exclusives and I thought oh we'll never get them but we ended up getting them in Waterstones Mm. and they are wonderful little hardcover collections of various different stories from Cap and Spider-Man and Black Panther Mm. which shows how popular that Black Panther movie was. Yeah. Let's be honest ten years ago this would have been Spider-Man the Fantastic Four and who else? The Hulk probably. Yeah. If this was pre-Marvel MCU god that's over ten years isn't it? The MCU's been around for nearly 15 years. Over 15 years now. Jesus Christ. So, yeah. So, these are three hardcovers featuring the work of Stan Lee, Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, Joe Simon, Jim Steranko, John Romita Sr., Rich Buckler, Don McGregor, Billy Graham, and various others. And you bought me the Black Panther one. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mum bought me the Spider Man. Because I wanted to buy the Spider Man one, but Uh, we've already got it. I'd already purchased it. That's fine. And they have lovely little essays and text pieces in, and they just make you feel validated. Mm. that all that time I was a kid reading these things and everyone was like comic books are literature for dummies they're not real literature they're not real stories they're not real narrative and I'm like uh, they kind of are <laughs> yeah. uh, now they're getting these lavish penguin books editions penguin books mm. are proper booksellers man yeah 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 they're not filth 
So I've got I've got all three of them: Spider Man, Black Panther, and Captain America. I'm looking forward to reading all of them. They've also done cheaper, like they've done paperback, paperback versions, like smaller yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I didn't want them though, because you know, no. <laughs> I'm a pro, don't you know? <laughs> I want the expensive ones <laughs> all the time. That is where I get my expensive taste from. Yes, well, your mum as well also yeah. has expensive taste. So <clears throat> that would lead us nicely into the year in Marvel. Yeah. Which what what's come out this year in Marvel? So Spider Man Spider Man came out last Christmas. I can actually talk about this to some degree. Did it? Yes. Okay, it's so one what year we've old. had we've had Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange two. this year, yeah. Was the Eternals this year? No, that must have been Was that before Spider Man? The Eternals was pre Spider Man, yeah. Right, because I like the Eternals. So we've had Doctor Strange two, which you and I have vehement fights about. Mm. I thought it was decided in May. You liked it. I liked it simply for... Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm aware of its problems. Hey, let's stop in front of the exposition shop. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, but I liked... I liked WandaVision up until the last episode hmm. because I felt the last episode took this fresh new direction, just made it another MCU ending. Yeah. I liked Doctor Strange CG 2 fans. because it did not give Wanda a free pass. She's a bad guy. Full stop. Yep. Don't explain, oh, she has a... Re-. No, she's a bad guy. And Doctor Strange doubled down on that. Hmm. Uh, I liked that it had, even if it was a diluted Sam Raimi, it still had some of these directorial style. Oh, yeah, her ripping Patrick Stewart's head in half. Yeah. I liked... Spoilers. Uh, I don't usually like, you know, films that overly... Are more Easter eggs on nostalgia. That's mm. why I don't like Far From Home. Mm. But I liked. You're wrong. It's not the X Men films, Professor X. It's the animated series, Professor yeah, X. Yeah, because they actually have. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. And there's those little things. I just. Again, it's not the best. I understand its flaws. I just liked it because it was Sam Raimi. That's regardless fair. of how diluted that was. Yeah, it felt fine. new, it felt different, and it doubled down on comedy horror done through a marvel mcu lens as much as they were ever going to do yeah which is weird because we've also had werewolf by night this year which, which was I've, actually very good which i've still not seen but it was I, good i want to because it's got giant size man thing in. yeah and who doesn't want a giant size man thing exactly and it was actually surprisingly good okay uh, very much laura donnelly's in it right. who i've got a lot of time for. we've also had because i've not caught one of the tv shows at all um Moon Knight was this year. Apparently. Moon Knight was this year. Moon Knight was good for the first half. I fell only, off a cliff in the second half. I only know that because on the plane to and from New York, yeah. everyone in front of me was watching Moon Knight. Oh, right. So we yeah. live in a world where Moon Knight is known by the regular audience. Apparently, the person yeah. next to me, well, he was my mate, so, you know, same echo chamber, was catching up on Picard. But yeah. apart from that, everyone yeah. was watching Moon Knight. Yeah. Um, She-Hulk was this year. She-Hulk was... I enjoyed She-Hulk. She-Hulk's been my favourite post-Endgame Marvel thing. Who didn't love the spoof of the old TV show opening credits? Yeah. Which I thought were brilliant. Yeah. And my problem with it all the way through is I didn't think they lent into the she can break the fourth wall until they got to the last episode. And then my problem with the last episode was Moonlighting did it 25 years ago. <laughs> that exact same ending though, that's my issue. Now I get what you were saying earlier on. Yeah. That if you're only going to do stuff that has not been done before, 90% of Nothing our entertainment disappears. Yeah. But it was that it was exactly the same. Moonlighting's second season ended with they the props guys in the middle and then literally the coming on, yeah, taking yeah. the guns, taking the sets away, Maddie and David explaining how the plot ended yeah. to Whoopi Goldberg, who was the big guest star, before they all walked out of the set onto the back lot and drove off. 
All She-Hulk did was a 21st century equivalent of that, where she swept up to the Disney Plus, what's it, logo, yeah. menu screen, and yes. jumped into a behind-the-scenes thing. It's cute. It's also... I did that, like KVIN. That depends 100% on streaming it through Disney Plus. Yes. And, uh, well, which you should be. There's no other way you can watch it. <laughs> so I... I did like K E V I N. Yes, that that was funny. Um, I liked the flea bagness of it. Yes, but my problem was everyone was comparing it to flea bag, whereas I felt its anti descendants went back a lot further than that. Not just moonlighting. The monkeys knew they were in a TV show in 1966. Yeah, and they would do essentially the same gags. But it's all. It's, I mean, I'd, I'd love that stuff. I think it's always great when it happens. It's but you told to me see. something that I found fascinating. People struggled with that last episode. Yeah, so if, I mean, I don't know if it's really to believe. Like we all know, Twitter is also its own very loud, echo very chamber. small echo chamber. Yeah. But yeah, so from what I've seen, like a lot of people didn't like that. They didn't like how metatextual it was. It wasn't how like you know, play by numbers kind mm. of stuff. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was more exaggerated from what I saw from what was actually the truth. Mm. Um, but I know a lot of people I, I, I saw, because I always love reading like comment sections. Yeah. Absolutely love it. A lot of people... IMDb to... reviews are the best. Oh, they so are. Brilliant. I, I've always got it filtered so that one star reviews show up first. Because I, I, I have never seen so many clueless people review film. Absolutely. Like, a lot of people just genuinely seem to dislike She-Hulk. And I... I don't want to be the person that says it's entirely because it's led by a female lead. Um, but know. they liked Ripley in Aliens. Well, no, because we all know Jennifer Lawrence was the first ever strong female lead. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Um, you have seen that interview, right? I have, yeah. Okay. Lind- Lindsay Wagner, <laughs> yeah. Lindsay Wagner, you know, yeah. the girl from Uncle. Honey <laughs> West. Um, but, but I just thought it, 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 was, it, was, it was fun. It let itself be fun. It knew it was fun. It Everyone was having having fun. And it was 21 episodes. It was a sitcom. Yeah, it was allowed a sitcom. itself. It wasn't. Um, I started Hawkeye, got bored. I didn't I, mind Hawkeye. I've had 11 plus years of two hour plus serious films. It um, chills out a bit, Hawkeye. I just don't want six hours of it. You know, like, just give me 20 minute episodes. Give me something I can jump in. Give me Tim Roth having fun. Which he was. Yeah, it's just, it was, it was fun. Yes. And it's okay to. And there's a certain segment of fandom that seems to be allergic to fun. James Gunn might be able to give DC some fun, but She-Hulk is the most fun Marvel's been. And I hope that that is a direction they'll take more. Yeah. See, I, I didn't think they lent into the fourth wall breaking of it enough i don't think they ever will again mm, so we'll have to see i i was like she should have walked across sets yeah when that guy was trying to commit suicide she should have basically just walked outside the set and said what are you jumping to dude <laughs> they were literally on the first floor this is all the green screen <laughs> that would have been i i'd have lent into it and i, I have seen people moan about daredevil's appearance in it but right. I'm like, but but Daredevil, let's be honest, this is a strip where Matt Murdock pretended to be his own twin brother who wasn't blind yeah. to Connie's girlfriend into thinking he wasn't Daredevil. It's also probably the single best Marvel team-up yes, that wasn't that we've in had. a comic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I genuinely enjoyed Matt Daredevil's appearance in it. I thought it was and, really funny. Having him do the walk of shame is... Was funny. Yeah. 
I don't get what everyone's problem with that is, other than the people who, you know, may never have actually done that. But that's on them, isn't it? So, so yeah, She-Hulk was fun. We've had Moon Knight. Okay, what else? Oh, we had a cartoon series, didn't we? Did, did we? Did we have a cartoon series We've had year? What If. I don't think... Was there anything else? Oh, no, you're right. There was a MODOK thing, but that may have been last year. MODOK? Yes, oh, Star Wars was, game was a cartoon a thing. Ago. I forgot that that ever came out, to be honest. Yeah, yeah I think Marvel have. Star Wars had a cartoon thing that I watched the first episode that was 15 minutes to show me that Ahsoka was a Jedi. I'm like, don't, oh, I, I, know that. don't I already know this? Yeah. It's weird, that. So, all right. Is that it for Marvel, then? Is that all I think, yeah, year? Marvel have done... Uh, and Wakanda Forever, which neither of us have seen. Yeah, it feels like Marvel have done a lot, but then when you actually it talk feel, about it... Because it was a weekly series. Yeah, yeah. But they have taken a bit of a break. They haven't done anything since She-Hulk. Well, no, because they've decided that they need to... Less quantity, more quality. Which I think is fair enough. Yeah, uh, as much as I used to defend those films, I'm now just incredibly bored of them. They are an obligation See, to watch now. I liked the, the Eternals. The Eternals got a lot of slag, hmm. but I felt it was better than Justice League. Wait, I, 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 Either version. I am interested in watching that one when I get around to it, because again, a lot of people slagged off She-Hulk. It was my favourite one. So. Oh, Thor! Oh, that was a thing. Lord Love and Thunder came out, didn't it? And then probably disappeared. Yeah, it rapidly... Taika Waititi and Chris Hemsworth buried their own ship. That's not a saying. No, but it is now. Yeah, they buried their own ship. Yeah. uh, When it became rapidly apparent that neither of them gave a shit about it. Yeah. Neither of them wanted to be attached to it. Neither of them ever wanted to do it again. Well, I think Hemsworth may want to do it again. I think he's signed for another one. He's retired. Is he? Oh, good. He found out that he's got Alzheimer's. He can only retire as long as his contract will let him do it. Or as long as he remembers that he's retired. Oh! oh. <laughs> Sorry. Paul. He's not got Alzheimer's. He he may yes, yes. develop Alzheimer's because there's a history there or whatever. Well, but also he didn't know that he'd done another one. Because if you remember, he was at the premiere. Mm-hmm. It ends with Thor will return. And he sat there going, Will he? Will he? <sighs> and even Taika Waititi, uh, God, that was a GQ thing as well when he slagged off. Signed off the special effects guys. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't a good look. And here's the thing I like Taika Waititi. I think what we do in the shadows, the TV show, is one of the funniest shows on TV. Is still him? I don't know how much he is now involved with it. Or if he's just bringing in the royalties. Yeah, because he has appeared in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think he directed a couple of the early episodes. How much of it he is now involved with, I don't know. Yes. Because, like, Seth MacFarlane is not involved in any way with Family Guy or American Dad anymore. Okay. Other than showing up to the voiceover, he's nothing to do with it. Right. So I do wonder if that's the same with Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement. Okay. With what we do in the shadows. But irrespective, I I genuinely think that's one of the funniest shows on TV. Yeah. I was not somebody who liked Ragnarok. No. I thought it was... As we've discussed, yeah. I thought it squandered World War Hulk, which is a great show. Yeah, and the fact that they've now built in that World War Hulk happened, but we didn't see it. Yeah, so Hulk's now got a son. Yeah, at the end of She Hulk, yeah. that we didn't see. Wait. Well, it also it also squandered their own Thor, and a lot of people yeah. are saying, "Well, no," because even Chris Hemsworth hated it. Why is Chris Hemsworth saying in interviews now that he hated how silly it got and he wanted to do a serious one? But so Love and Thunder may have not been the direction he should have gone in then. Yeah, because Love and Thunder completely squanders everything. Right. Everything. The yeah. the Jane Fonda Jane Fonda. Jane Foster cancer storyline. Right. Uh, do you really want to have that serious of a subject just thrown away like this? Yeah. I mean the ending's quite poignant, and that's obviously how they got Natalie Portman back. 
Okay. But for the most part, it's another rambunctious comedy. Yeah, I saw trailers with the overly heavy metal-inspired font and theme that yep. isn't reflected anywhere within the actual film. No, it's... And then I saw the screaming cows and thought, you know what, I'm all right. It's, it's fine. Again, it's another one that's fine. And this is the problem that I think they've all got at the minute. Other than Spider-Man No Way Home, which I know you don't agree with, but I think was genuinely good in wrapping up Tom Holland's Spider-Man's arcs, and even Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Fair play, it gave Andrew Garfield closure. And putting him on the path to just being Spider-Man, as opposed to being Iron Man Jr., which a lot of people have called him, which I always think was a little bit unfair, but I got where they were coming from. All of that stuff, and he's now just Spider-Man if they go forward with Tom Holland or if they recast or whatever. Yeah. The rest of them have all just been fur. Nothing has blown me away. Yeah. Of the new stuff, it was She-Hulk and the Eternals that I like the best, mm. which seemed to be the stuff that people didn't like the best. Yeah. But I, I, again, I just thought Black Adam was fine. I didn't think maybe, anything about it was objectionable. Maybe that's, like, they need to do... Less, yeah, uh, like both Marvel and DC, yes, need to be less because you're never gonna get to Avengers Endgame again mm. if you won't go away, yeah. And just like the audience reactions to it has gotten to a very kind of bizarre place right now, especially when you're getting people arguing over it and trying to argue that uh, a lot of trying to argue it's justification for existing, yeah. it's like you just get into yeah, it exists because Disney Plus need content, yeah. So when you get to a point where uh, Simu Liu is calling Tarantino and Scorsese gatekeepers. Mm. And you just get into this bizarre place now where it's like, just. But the thing on. of it is, if you actually read what they say, Quentin Tarantino did not slag off Marvel movies. Everything Quentin Tarantino said about them is. Is valid. Yeah. Yes. His argument was Chris Evans is not a star, Captain America is the star. Yeah. He's not wrong. Also, you know, counter argument in the one Marvel film that you've done. <laughs> Uh, your co-star only became famous in America because of Quentin Tarantino starting Myra Max. Yeah. So, you know, let's settle down a bit before we start saying who's gatekeeping what. Yeah, it's, it's just those arguments just get... And it seems to me now, most interviewers are only interested in the clickbait quote about them talking about Marvel movies. Yeah. So they will specifically ask these filmmakers, they'll just ask somebody who's promoting a completely different film, what do you think of the Marvel movies? Yeah. And they may, what they should do is they should get savvy. And they should say, I think what Marvel does is exceptionally well done for that genre of movie. That's yeah. all they should say. Shouldn't slag yeah. them off, shouldn't get into a contest. Because Marvel films now are just the oversaturation of Western films. Yes. <clears throat> and that's the thing that DC's got to combat. Yeah. We've got Marvel, what do we need DC for? Marvel are uh, the superhero yeah. genre, yeah. So. Anyway... <laughs> Should we move on? We should. We should move on because we're already an hour into this and we want to actually have some Christmas dinner. I love dinner. slagging things off. I love a little bitch and moan, you know. Uh, see, I don't. I quite like enjoying <laughs> things. Oh, yeah, that, I it's enjoy my favourite well. thing. Um, uh, when we were in London, Brian Bolland did a signing at Gosh Comics. Okay. Uh, and we weren't there for it. <laughs> right. He was there a couple of days after we left. Great story. Yeah. <laughs> Great story, bro. Needs needs more dinosaurs. <laughs> or it needs you actually meeting Brian Bolland. It needs Bolland. me actually meeting Brian Bolland. But your mum picked me up Bolland strips, a hardcover edition of Brian Bolland's other little private strips that he's done for other things. Okay. And I like Brian Bolland's stuff, so that's nice. Yes. I've not read it yet, so I can't tell you it's any good or not. Okay. But thank you very much. Next. 
Oops, don't know what that is. Weirdly, of a similar thing, uh, you got me Zoe Thorogood's It's Lonely at the Centre of the Earth. Which I did. Uh, a uh, autobiographical novel. I oh, tried man. to get at you at Thought Bubble. Yeah. Where Zoe Thorogood was there. She was, but sold out. She'd sold out. She'd sold out of her Rap- own book. Rapidly. Yeah. Which is great. This is... I, I know very little to this. I've never read anything of hers before. But just absolute rave reviews. Everyone's saying how great it is. It's uh, an autobiographical comic, so it's it's very metatextual. She uses a lot of different art styles. Yeah, yeah. Black and white colour. Um, and- I'm really looking forward to reading it, uh, but I know absolutely nothing about it. But it just seems to have... It seems to have swept comic people just completely off their feet. Yeah. It's again, it's it's sold out everywhere. It's just everyone's loving it. It was so, in Gosh Comics. We picked you up a copy. Uh, I'm very much excited to read it. Good. I'm going to have a wait. I could do. Right, we had a bit of a break. That's what that fade out was. I mean, you won't have known that, but I mean, you will now. We, we mentioned it. it now. Yeah. We we poured ourselves another beer. Michael's still pouring his beer. He's doing a bad job of it, considering he works in a bar. I just noticed there was a hair on. I don't want hair. I mean, the hair's still there. I mean, it's a, it's just protein in it. It is, yes. And let's be honest, you live with a dog and a woman. Hers everywhere. That, that is, I I found hers in bizarre places. See, man. so that's what I'm on about. So, what comics have we been reading this year? <laughs> have you fitted that perfect? Now that is barmanship. Whereas, it's like I'm good at my job. It is. It's like you're brilliant at your job, whereas mine has too much head on it. Now, some people wouldn't normally complain about too much head, but well, um, in a pint like this, that's that's not good, is it? It's not. It's not great. So, uh, I, I dug through my order forms for right. comic books, but it only went back as far as October. So, okay. it probably isn't going to help us over much, but it gives us a good example. Right. So, I have been reading Superman Space Age. By Michael Rez okay, and yeah. Mark Brooks, I believe is the writer's name. Yeah. Is excellent. Right. And I heartily encourage you to borrow it off me or buy the deluxe hardcover absolute yeah, edition. Okay. Which I'm sure will follow the re- the printing. I think of... they have just solicited the, the, the trade. Have they? I think so. Right. It is excellent. Okay. It is really good. Um... It is very much Superman. Growing up in the real world, so real world events affect him in a way that they can't oh, do. Like um, Spider Man. Yeah, like Life Story. Yeah, Spider Man okay. Life Story. So that is, is very good. The new Predator comics, good. Better than Alien. Much better than Alien. Right. I did not like Alien at all. They've just, haven't they rebooted that again or started No, with no, the they new started one? with the new number one. It's still the same writer. The, right, art, okay. the art's just that photoshopped. Salvador La Roca. Yeah, yeah. Horrible stuff that made me quit the Star Wars comics. Yeah. Uh, what else? New Fantastic Four, which was slotting in the Art Adam stuff. It's fine. I've already sold them. Uh, you know Wait, what? Is that, is that the New Fantastic Four run? Yeah, Ghost Rider and Spider Man and the Hulk come over it. Oh, they've done no, a five they, issue they, mini right, series. The Art Adams one, not not the new series. That's no, no, not right. the new that that I people keep telling me I should check out, but I haven't done yet. Okay, but I will because people keep telling me it's good. Yeah, you know what has been a big surprise? Hmm. Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yes, Bruce Campbell of Burn Notice fame has done. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> has done a Sergeant Rock versus Zombies comic. I do have them, well, the ones that have come out so far. I haven't read them yet. Oh, have you uh, been buying it? Because I was going to lend you mine. No, I've, I, I've been picking them up. I had them right. to my order list. Uh, the thing is, I have very little time to read comics now that I'm the father of a dad so, uh, father of a dad father of a dog father of a dog so i have very little time to read so my comics i think i'm behind a couple of months oh right so it's good 
It's Edward Rizzo does the artwork. Yes. And it is everything you that expected is going to be. It is Sergeant Rock in World War Two. Fighting zombies. Fighting zombies. Yeah. That have been created by Hitler. Of course. I so mean, it's that, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those, right? Yeah. This is exactly what you expected it to be. It's what you want it to be. <laughs> what you want it to be, yeah. and it has not let you down. Okay. It is literally just that. And it's 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 I wonder fun. how much of it is Bruce Campbell. He's the only credited writer. Is he? It's okay. not a co-written gig. He is the only credited writer on it. Because I was hoping yeah. he would do a tour, a signing tour. Because you know what he's like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves doing his signing tours as long as it's nothing to do with Evil Dead. <laughs> he's uh, quite happy to talk to yeah. about Burn Notice. They did... Um... And Briscoe County Junior. So there's a, there's a there's an Evil Dead game out and he had to do the rounds. Did of... he hate it? There's IGN. <laughs> There's a brilliant interview with IGM, uh, and basically they, they, they got the general public to bring in their questions, and there's great bits, and you can tell he gets genuinely interested in, like, what's your favourite one? So he brings up Briscoe County Junior. Briscoe County was he brilliant. He brings up Bubba Hotep, and he's talking about burn notice, you can genuinely tell when it's stuff like... Not it, Evil Dead. Yeah, everything not Evil Dead. You can see this genuine joy in his eyes, and then they bring up Evil Dead, and he's like, I don't know. And then they ask him something about the game, and he's like, ah, you play it, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I, I kind of sort of get it. He's like, he's probably done with Evil Dead at this point. It's the thing that pays the bills, but, but it's not what he wants to do. But it's, you know, yeah, it's the thing he's he's going to go to. His, that's why I said the guy from Burn Notice. Because <laughs> I loved Burn Notice. Yeah. And I loved Briscoe County Junior. Yeah. But he's always going to be the guy from Evil Dead, isn't he? Yeah. And he was great in Hercules and Xena. Was he in that? He was in Hercules and Xena, yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember his character name. He, don't, he wasn't in every episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's mates with Bruce, Ca- Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi. <laughs> Sam Raimi's production team made Hercules and Xena. Right, Zena. okay. So yeah. there's, there's raminess to both of the shows, although people only talk about Xena nowadays. <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody's bothered about Hercules anymore. But yeah, yeah Bruce Campbell and Ted Raimi's in them. Ted Raimi's in Hercules oh, Azina. Okay. So they are worth, as a Sam Raimi fan, a couple of them are probably worth digging out. Yeah, Because okay. they are fun. All right. But yeah, so it, that has ended up being a joy. Uh, so this year, I, I'm trying to think of what came out this year. I remember really liking, uh, I can't remember if this year or last year, Batman Black and White got another series. Yep. That was fun. The art was pretty. Uh, <laughs> Superman got a red and blue. That was nice. Yeah, I read some, yours. They were good. Some are, uh, as is Batman Black and White tradition. Some are better than others. Michael and Rachel Bailey are in Superman. They, they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, Thanks to Michael for faith. Well, I saw it. Yeah. Because uh, he posted it on Facebook, and then I completely forgot about it by the time I got my copy. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. The funny thing about that was, I was reading your copy, and I just went. And you'd I'd, forgotten about I'd, it. I'd forgotten about it as well. <laughs> and I showed Angela, and Angela looks at it for a minute. Angela's my wife, for those who have never listened to before. Uh, Michael's mum. And, um, and you have to do all this exposition, don't you? And I showed it I, I, to I her. Want, I want a six-episode origin story. <laughs> we should totally do that. And I showed it to her, and she had that minute where she was, why is he showing me this goddamn comic? <laughs> and then she literally, you see she her face change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first change, why are Mike and Rachel in this comic? Because she's met Mike and Rachel. She knows who they are. Yeah. Not like our other podcasting friends. She's <laughs> met those two. And why am I racially this comic? <laughs> yeah. And it was genuinely fun. It's like, oh, long we know that we know characters in a Superman comic. Yeah. They're, real, they're real people. Yeah, yeah. So that was brilliant. I really enjoyed it. My biggest surprise was the, the Wonder Woman black and gold, I yeah, think it was they're called. they're still up there because I've not read them. was my favourite of the lot. Oh, right, okay. Um, I, I, the Batman one was just... 
yeah. Batman Black and White. Yeah. But no, the, the Wonder Woman one, apart from as you typically get, and it happened a lot with the Superman ones, is you get stories that are just... They want to be a nice monologue for something that's meaningful. Yeah. But then you get some really fun... Amy Reader did a great one. Yes. Uh, like, there's just a lot of really fun ones. It was... Yeah, it, yeah. that was a big surprise. There's some good ones, <laughs> and there's some deconstructive ones that you're like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, Catwoman Lonely City by Cliff Chang. Uh, I've got the last issue of it. That's How many is it? Four issues. Prestige right. format. Right. The... I may get the hardcover, though. Honestly, I I can't think of anything else that's made me just like have fun. You you kind of take your time with it. You do the voices, always the animated characters. It's just great. It's something happened. Yeah. Batman is now dead. Um, Harvey Dent is now the mayor of Gotham City. So he never became Two Face. No, he did. Oh, okay. this is this is. But he got better. No. This okay. is All Man Logan, essentially. Oh, right, okay. Uh, he's, yeah, he's he's defeated the Two-Face persona, but he's still got that kind of anger anger management. But yeah. Uh, Gotham is now led under, essentially, a fascist dictatorship under the rule of Harvey Dent. Yeah. Um, Selina Kyle, who has essentially gone away, she's been in prison for however many years, yeah. comes back for one big score. What was Bruce Wayne's last project? <clears throat> And it's fantastic. Like you see all of these characters in a very um, Luke in Last Jedi kind of character arc. Everyone's more uh, like darker and yeah. edgy. Uh, you get to see Killer Croc swear loads. He's the best. So Zack Snyder did this. <clears throat> it's and and Cliff Chang is just an excellent storyteller. He's yeah. writing it. He's drawing it. It's the best comic I think I've read this year. Really? There's been a lot of fun ones. I've been following uh, the Ultraman stuff when they come out. Yeah, they're a lot of fun because I like my Tokusatsu stuff. Um, I've been reading. God, I mean, I can't even remember what I've been reading. Like, we, the every year we think we should make a record of this, and every year we never do. Um. But, I mean, that's it. That's the only thing that kind of springs to mind is something like, um, that was, I really enjoyed reading that. I can't wait the next many months for the next one. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman Historia is pretty. Yeah. Um, this is a black label thing as well. Isn't yeah. It? it wasn't worth the years waiting for. Right. Because Phil Jimenez has been showing concept art on that throughout the years, but he only did the first issue. Right. Um, there's a Jeff Lemire, Doug Mank, Swamp Thing black label. Yeah. I've read the first issue. There must have been delays because they've been resolicited for next year with a reprint of the first issue. Right. Because um, they've retconned Tom King's Batman run to be black label, haven't they? Or certainly oh, Batman Catwoman was released right. as black label because DC got cold feet about having him marry Selina. Right. But here's my issue with that, right? Okay. If the ending of that has been retconned to be Black Label, which is why he was taken off the Batman book... They shouldn't have the whole thing. And James Tinian came on, but James Tinian carried on with Alfred being dead. But if right. that's now in the Black Label arena, yeah, then Alfred could just still just be alive. Yeah, Because true. killing Alfred was pointless and useless and no good at all. And okay. Dan DiDio made that decision as he was walking out the door. Yeah. So, bye, Dan. Uh, I mean, I'm just having a look at like what is on my... I mean that's that's Sonic the Hedgehog for Dana. Um, <laughs> that's the guy telling me off for not paying for my comics. But you did eventually. Yeah, 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 I did. Right. But he was just like, oh, I started picking up Miracle Man, but I'm not started reading them. That Tom King. Uh, Neil Gaiman. Right. Uh, oh yeah, Flashpoint Beyond. 
I really was enjoying Flashpoint Beyond. Um, it's it's Jeff Johns returning to the Thomas Wayne Batman. Yep. Uh, but he's finding out why he's still alive, why this world still exists. Yeah. Uh, my biggest problem with it is it ended up just being a tie-in to, to Dark Crisis, which I have no interest in. Apparently that's not bad. I've heard that as well. I'm burnt out. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I, I used to be a huge fan of Scott Snyder's Batman. Yeah. Probably still am if but I went back to end. it. But Metal was great. was a lot of fun. Yeah. But then we got um, his Justice League, which was just boring. Right. And then we got Death Metal, which was every other panel was this big meaningful speech and monologue. And But the whole thing, by the time you got to the end of it, and that was one series where you had to buy most of the spin-offs as well. Cause to they understand what was happening. But by the time you get to it, you just spend however many pounds or dollars for them to say ah this whole thing was just a story so we can reboot the whole universe again and i got burned out by important events yeah that's that's fair enough so my comics reading's been very little this year i've mostly been reading proper books i've mostly got i've been reading marvel's black and white magazines planet of the apes this is rampaging hulk okay uh doc savage yeah, all of them, and they're, and they're really are a lot of fun. Well, this has been this has been the year of Tolkien for me. So, because uh, my my close friend Amo bullied me uh, into actually owning the copies, but having never read them. Yeah. <clears throat> so in the new year, I picked up my tatty old paperbacks, and just got addicted to them. So I, I upgraded to nice illustrated oh, hardbacks. Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. I, um, so for the most, well, all of this year. It's just been Tolkien, so I've read the four Lord of the Rings books. I've read the Silmarillion. I'm in Unfinished Tales, uh, but then comics-wise, I started my reread of Lone Wolf and Cub, but then realised the reprints of the last few aren't coming out just yet, so I stopped. Yeah. I've started rereading the the Gundam origin mangas because they're great, but I don't have the rest of them yet. Right. Um. So yeah, this has been the year of the year of proper books. Wow, books with pictures. Well, with less pictures. Yeah, that's just shocking. Brubaker and Phillips have, have kicked out like five Rackless volumes. I keep seeing those and I always say I'll just... They're all borrowed Yeah. They're all up there. They're all great. Pulp we, was brilliant. We got the rest of Parker. Was that this year? We got these... Yeah, the Martini edition for Parker finally came out. So the rest of the Parker stuff. The five Reckless editions. Oh, that was great. Pulp was brilliant. I loved Pulp. Pulp was last year because I remember I read that last Christmas. Was it? Right. Yeah. Okay, so Bad Weekend was last year as well then, wasn't it? It was. But yeah, they've just announced something new. As far as I'm concerned, they can, at the moment, they can do, do no whatever wrong. whatever they want, yeah. yeah. I'm down with them. And obviously, he's still reading Batman and Amazing Spider-Man. Chips Darsky's now on Batman after James Tinian wrapped up his oh, stuff. Oh, okay, okay. With Fear State. It's fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, oh, I fancied reading the James Tinian stuff because I love George Jimenez's artwork. I've got it all on the bookshelf. Oh, well, there we go. Apart from Fear State, I'm not Why bothered. Why do I bother buying my own comics? Yeah, you just buy that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. And I still read, obviously, Amazing Spider Man, which is better now than it was under Nick Spencer, which oh, I know you that, liked for a little bit. After the, the remake, the yes. reboot, even. Uh, and the only new thing, yes, I did order Batman Spawn. So did I. Have you? <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we both got sucked into the Batman Spawn we thing. We did. Yeah, that's quite sad. And Tarzan Lord of... Oh, it's not called Tarzan. They can't call it Tarzan for copyright reasons. Oh, right. But it is literally Lord of the Jungle. 
Okay. It is because Tarzan's fell into public domain. Yeah. But they can't call it Tarzan. But they can adapt the book. So Dan Jurgens yeah. has done a new adaptation of the novel oh, that was for Dynamite. So that's I've quite enjoyed that. Um I can't believe we both ordered Batman's Paul. Superman. Well, I I actually ordered the um the reprint of the first two as well. Did you? Yeah. Oh dear God. I know. Um, I, I think I, I think I cancelled it off eventually, but I did see it in Forbidden Planet the other day. Um, what was also this year, which I completely forgot about, was Superman seventy eight and Batman eighty nine. Oh yeah, but Superman seventy eight was good. It was. Uh, yeah, it actually came out on time as well. Yes, and Batman eighty nine. Was not. Anyway. <laughs> it's such a shame because I love Joe Cronone's artwork. Yes. But it was shit, wasn't it? God, yeah. Because wasn't it boring? Yeah. It wasn't me, right? No, it, it was it was dull. And also, not the best storytelling from Joe Cronone's either. That was very disappointed on all fronts. I'll yes. Be, I mean, it was, it was, it was um, a good reflection of Tim Burton's Batman movies in that Batman was burly in it. Yeah. So there is that. But no, but I think that's my biggest disappointment of the year. Yeah, Batman eighty nine, especially considering the build up and hype around it, yeah. especially compared to. And it got more publicity than Superman seventy eight. Yeah, and maybe it's not great to kind of compare the two, but they were both kind of under the same umbrella. I think. Yeah, I think you can compare the two. Seventy eight was just miles better. It yeah. Was... If that had been Superman three. Yeah. I think. Superman three would be much better thought of. It wasn't the densest read, but what was the was, was, fun. was fun. Yeah, yeah. It, that's what it. It in my head, I could see that being Superman three. And I think Wilfredo Torres nailed that fine line between it's Christopher Reeve, but it's Superman. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't slavish like sometimes Gary Frank does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas with Batman 89, I'm reading that going, there is no way on God's green earth this would have been Batman three twenty years ago. Yeah, it's no. There's just too much in this that is now. Mm-hmm. And you kind of like, there's a there's a bizarre kind of push and pull there because at the end of the day, the creator is living now. It's not 1980. Yeah. He's not doing Superman 3 as it would have been done in 1980. Yeah. Because he can't. It's yeah. not 1980 anymore. It's 2022. But at the same time, you do want to kind of feel that it has the vibe that it could have been made in written in 1980, Especially made in 1982. Especially the sole point of yeah. that series existed. Whereas Batman 89 felt like it was written now. Mm. And there's no way that that would have been the third Batman film back in 1994. Yeah. Well, was that... Was the whole point of that, is that this is what it would have been when it came out? Or was I thought it, that was the premise. Or was it... We're going to tell a story set in that universe with these I've, characters. I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, a humblest of apologies. Because I, I mean, that, that's a completely fair argument. Because I know they they use a lot of the script and the ideas. Yeah, and the concept I that. thought that's what Batman eighty nine was. Right. I thought that was Sam Ham doing what would have been his script at the time for Batman 3, right. had Tim Burton and Michael Keaton returned. Because from what I got was, it was like the the Batman 66 comic, is that it's just new stories, but right. with these. See, I didn't get that because I know all the Robin stuff was right. what he planned for Batman Returns. Yeah. Before Tim Burton decided to just nix Robin completely. Well, it could have just... I mean, like, it could have been what you said. Like, this is what it should have been. Or it could have been... They just use those ideas. 
and made a new story. Yeah, I mean, you, right. you get you get that loads. Like you, 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 you I don't know. I do it with Star Wars. It's like oh, we've used the concept art, but made a yeah. new thing out of it. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Star Trek. The the discovery is the original sketch design for the Enterprise. Is it that they okay. didn't go with? Right. Okay. That they they went with something else. But yeah, that's one of the original script design, uh, set designs, set right. design, spaceship designs. Yeah. So they have gone back to the original art. That's cool. But that's I thought that's what Batman eighty nine was, but I could be wrong. I mean, I know Superman 78 wasn't that. Yeah. Superman 78 was a new story as if it was Superman 3. Yeah. The people involved in Superman 78 were not involved with those movies. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Sam Hamm did write Batman and Batman Returns, or a bit of Batman Returns. Okay, well, maybe that's... I mean, that probably is why it got more publicity then. Yeah. But it wasn't as good. And yeah. I want more Superman 78. Yeah. And I don't give a shit about <laughs> any more Batman 89. I, I, I want more Superman that feels like Superman. I've heard well, apparently of... the new stuff's quite good. I the will... Phil Kennedy Johnson stuff. I've heard that the War World stuff is really good. Yeah. And I have heard the same. So I fancy digging into that because I didn't enjoy uh, Superman and the Authority as much as I wanted to. Did Grant Morrison write that? Yeah. But then I read the annotations and I was like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And then I read that it always should have been set up for the War World stuff. Right. So I was like, all right, well, I might give the War World stuff a go then, because apparently all of that fu- future beyond, is that what it came from? Something like that. Future yeah. state. Yes, that yeah, sounds more like it. So I fancy giving that a go, because, yeah, I just, I just want to read more Superman, but I've not. there's not been a I lot I want to of... read good Superman. Yeah. I That's love... why I'm pushing Superman Space Edge. Well, I, I know that the whole John Kent stuff's apparently been really good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've just been enjoying never read any of it but i've just been enjoying tom taylor on uh twitter uh whenever someone slags him off for turning superman woke because he's you know gay now yeah and he just goes well first of all it's not superman it's you know John it's Ken. Son. second of all i've just made a donation to gay charities under your name thanks <laughs> well apparently nightwing's really good Tom Taylor's writing Nightwing, and I'm tempted to pick up some of that then, because as you know, I love Nightwing. Yeah. One of my favourite characters, independent of the Bat family. I love Nightwing. So I am tempted to pick up some of the Tom Taylor. Now that the stench of Didio is gone, (laughs) and him constantly wanting to kill him. No, I still still like Didio. Oh, I don't mind. I've nothing against him. I'm willing to give Frank Miller stuff a go. That he's working on with Dan Didier. I'm willing to okay. give that a look, especially Ronin too. Really? I like Ronin. Okay. I really enjoyed Ronin. I'm I... going to dig that out and reread it again. I didn't like it the one time I've ever read it. Yeah, well, you just so... read mine, didn't you? Yeah, so I might give that a go. I would give that another go. Um, but I've yeah. also been going through my Alan Moore fairs this year. Oh, right. I've read okay. all of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Right. And other than some, like, piss takery elements, right. it's Alan Moore. I've quite enjoyed them. I reread V for Vendetta. Yeah. Felt it more prescient now than ever. Okay. Loved it. Rewatched the film, thought it was shit. Mm. Well, I, uh, I've only, only ever read League of Gentlemen once and I didn't like it because I, um, all the stuff around Watchmen about how he, you know, wanted his own characters yeah. and then he told something to Grant Morrison like, stay away from my characters and then League of Gentlemen is nothing without. Without those. Without Character Jekyll and Hyde and, he, and the Invisible Man. And, and War of the Worlds. Well, isn't, isn't Winnie the Pooh even in it? James Bond is in it. Right, But yeah. he obviously can't call him James Bond because James Bond yeah. hadn't fell into public domain. Yeah. But James Bond's in it. Yeah. And I, for the most part, I enjoy League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Well, I think that tarnished my enjoyment of it is that I disliked his hypocrisy. Yeah. 
Uh, but you know, it might just be a case of I've grown up now. I'll read it again. I'll... Well, I thought uh, I do, and I, I reread V for the Death, and I still think it's his best work. Alan Moore, someone I've always found I've enjoyed the second time round. Yeah. I enjoyed Watchmen. I, I still don't really care much for Watchmen, but I enjoyed it more. I think the thing with Alan Moore is I enjoy him a lot more when I divorce him completely from, from his DC stuff and from Alan Moore. Mm. And I don't disagree with a lot of what he says. Oh no, I like I I kind of I dislike him, but I agree with him a lot. Yeah, but I'm I'm not down with him saying if you like Batman at age forty, then you're a fascist. Oh yeah, that's true. I'm kind of not. <laughs> you know, I, I just like Batman. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make me a fascist. But I, I've found as I've got older, his work has held a lot more resonance. Mm. And again, particularly where we currently are in this country, yeah, V for Vendetta seems more more relevant now than, than ever yeah. before, even with the dated elements. Of it's taking place in like what nineteen eighty eight or whatever. Isn't that kind of one of the the best things about it though? Is that it was written then, but it's still but it still holds up. holds up, which is kind of depressing when you look. It's outside. incredibly <laughs> depressing. Uh, and the more you, there's so many great quotes in it that you can apply to today, mm. and that it was one of those things where you read and it where you go, great political fiction. Yeah. Sadly, doesn't date. Well, I wonder. Animal how, Farm. How early a lot of 2000 AD stuff from the, from the Thatcher era kind would, of still holds that up now, yeah. yeah. As it's just gotten worse and worse. Because that's, regardless of what it is now, that was what 2000 AD was. Yes, it was, it was, an, it was, anti-Thatcher. was very anti-Thatcher. It was very liberal. It was very anti-conservative. So that probably still holds up just as well now. Yeah. And I, I always keep meaning to read a lot of that. Yeah. And go back and read a lot of Alan Moore's like Future Shocks and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I went through my Alan Moore phase. I almost reread Watchmen. Okay. And I only didn't because I just didn't get around to it because it's yeah. quite dense. Yeah. And yeah. I reread all. I read all of Alan Moore stuff over the summer holidays. You know when I'm not at work. Okay. Yeah. And that's literally Prime all comic time. Yeah, because the minute I'm back at work, I can't read anything that intelligent. Yeah. Because work is so all-consuming, yeah. especially with Ofsted. Yeah. Over the past couple of months, and that's literally all we've been about. Mm. You suddenly you find that you you want your entertainment to be a little more mindless, yeah. And that's where Marvel and DC come in. I twenty know. episode sitcoms, yeah. Twenty two page floppies, yeah. Ghosts, yeah. I've been watching the American version of Ghosts. Okay, delightful fun, right? Not something that challenges the intellect too much. <laughs> I didn't want that. Yeah, I wanted something twenty minutes and fun. Mm-hmm. And so I I fell away from re- rereading Watchmen because I was back at work. Okay, so I may read that again next year. We'll see how that goes. Well, I read it. Not too long ago now, because um, I, I, I read it years ago, but it's definitely like, it's on a kid's comic. Yes. So I reread it a, a few years ago now in uni, because Doomsday Clock was coming out. Yep. I'm good at segway. And I, yeah, you were excellent, yeah. So I picked up that, uh, just to trade, and like, again, didn't like it. Yeah. But I enjoyed it more. I got from it, I still dislike the hypocrisy of, these are my characters. Charlton characters. Yeah, they should have been the Charlton characters. The um, only reason that your characters is... Yeah. Was it so you were Dick told, Giordano yeah. said no? Or Paul um, Levitz, one of them said, we've just bought these characters, dude. You're leaving them as with nowhere to go. But it's just... um, It's good for what it is. It's perfectly fine. Um, And then loads of stuff came out after it. Because I, I, I only read it because The Button, Doomsday Clock. Yeah. And then... um, I don't know if you've seen now. So... Flashpoint Beyond. Yeah. 
the sequel to Flashpoint is also the sequel to Doomsday Clock. And there is now a character called The Watchman. Oh, for God's sake. Because Doomsday Clock ends, doesn't it, with Dr. Manhattan yeah, being yeah, reborn. Yeah. So now there is a character called The Watchman. Don't you kind of think DC should just leave Watchman alone? Yeah, and it was... Uh, I think I was interested to see... Because I, I never had a great affinity for Watchmen that I was interested yeah, to see. Yeah, I'm the same as you. We're exactly the same with Watchmen. I like, like it. I appreciate it. I don't have, I'm not married to it. Yeah. So I was interested to see what DC would have done to incorporate them. Cause let's say they are the Charlton characters. Yeah. Bring them in. Like they did with Blue Beetle, like they did with the question. Yeah. Let's see how they react to the rest of the, but what they've done is I like what Jeff Jones has done, but I feel like it's still, how do we bastardize something that we still hold on a pedestal? Yeah. And that's what I think they keep doing with Watchmen. Well, I found it interesting. Newsarama recently did the best DC stories as voted for by you, the audience. Right. And every single one of them was mostly modern, apart from Sinestro, was mostly around the 80s, so, 90s. Yeah. Oh, right. oh, right. okay. Apart from Sinestro Core War. It was Kingdom right. Come, it was Watchmen, it was whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Dark Knight Returns. It was a decent list, actually. Okay. New Frontier was on. That's one of my greatest, greatest pleasures mm. is that when we talked about New Frontier years ago on yeah. Hey Kids Comics, it was kind of ignored, and no one was paying any attention. And right. over the past ten years or so, people have actually glommed onto it and gone, "Wouldn't wouldn't Justice League the movie have been brilliant if it had been this?" Well, I do wonder if because of say the films. I do wonder if some of Darwin Cook's death as well. Potentially, but also the more cynical and miserable life is, you don't want your superhero fiction to reflect that. And that's what Watchmen is. Watchmen is cynical, cynical depressive. 80s, post-war, nuclear threat. Maybe, for now at least, Watchmen does not have a place in the superhero stories that we want to read we don't want to be miserable about the cold war when we're living under shit political times when we're living in a country where nothing works yeah nothing is going as it should do it's brexit has not been a benefit (laughs) it's interesting that such stories like new frontier and kingdom come that are optimistic in nature and about looking forward they've become more prominent that it might just be a case of stories like Watchmen that, for at least now, don't have a place. Maybe that's why Snyder's taken in land with the regular audience. Yeah. It's possible. You don't want to be entertained by more misery. Yes. Yeah, I watch the news for that. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love my miserable nihilistic fiction, but it has a place and a time and yeah. a mindset. See, there is that thing that more and more as I've gotten cynicaler and cynicaler over the past ten years, specifically over the past 10 years, the more, the more, what's the word I'm looking for? Fictional. The thing I find about Star Trek, mm. the hardest to accept, is that mankind will ultimately all come together for the benefit of all. Yeah. I, I'm fine with transporter beams <laughs> and phaser banks. Well, it's, it's, it's a big thing that Roddenberry uh, kind of, embedded into the show more than his optimism was his reminder that 
it's going to get darker before it gets better. Yeah. Just look at Khan and that, the kind of like... The eugenics but, war. And... Yeah. The big thing that I found fascinating about that early Star Trek stuff is we're going to get this utopian society, but we're going to have to go through hell to get through it. Yeah. 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 That's fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of which... So to segue... Perfect. Finally, right? one of my other copies was... Well, it's um, not final. You've got another story. Oh, yeah, yeah, because... Uh, well, I meant finally, I'm getting to the segue that I was leaning into. Um, so this, I mean, this year has been quite challenging for everyone, but it's been somewhat financially challenging. So I, I sold a lot of my comics. Uh, uh, one Me of those, too. Yeah. One of them was uh, my Doomsday Clock. Uh, so my present is a uh, replacement. It is the paperback complete collection of all Doomsday Clock, um, which is nice because I... I really like Doomsday Clock. Did you? I really. I thought it. it was fine. I preferred Three Jokers. I, yeah, that yeah, that's a good point. Um, I really like Three Jokers, but I really like Doomsday Clock. Yeah, right. I love Gary. I think Gary Frank reached his peak here. He's moved past the Dead Eyes creepiness. This is. Oh, I didn't realize his miniseries with Jeff Johns is currently being released. What, Geiger? Or... Oh, yeah, the, yeah sequel the sequel to Geiger. Because I didn't care about Geiger. You, you dumped your copies on me, and I was like, oh. I liked it. Okay. But the last issue is the best. Right. Where it's setting up where he's going to go. And oh, Brian Hitch is still working on his yeah. miniseries. And Gary Frank's series he's currently I didn't know. Because I would have okay. bought that. Yeah. So I may just have to pick that up in trade or whatever. Mm. But, but I didn't. I thought Geiger was okay. Yeah, but I was more interested. Ironically, the last <laughs> issue where it's saying, "And this story goes here, and this story," I was yeah, more yeah, yeah. interested in that, right, than Geiger itself. The setup to the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I was quite surprised by that, and I'm willing to pick up the miniseries. Okay. But Gary Frank's one is already coming out. Right. I didn't know that. The robot one. Is it the robot one? I don't know. Something Joe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I might pick that up. Then. Yeah, yeah I, I, I quite like this because, um, especially this collection. At first, I was wondering if they did like a hardback version. Well, um, Jeff Jeff Johns is but, is the the focal point for a lot of internet hate at the minute, largely yeah. because of Justice League, because yes. of the Justice League movie. It has nothing to do with his comics. Yeah, his justice his association with the Justice League movie means the Snyder Bronies have all decided he's a figure to be picked upon and bullied. Yeah, at all costs. Mm. I don't know what he's done. I don't keep up with this shit. I don't care. Isn't he a racist? Allegedly? Apparently. Yeah. Apparently he's a racist, according to the uh, the Justice League fans. Hmm. But he's, I really enjoyed Three Jokers. Yeah, I don't I know mean... the backstory on that. I don't know why they hate... It, I don't know whether they hate him now because Walter Armada's gone and Joss Whedon's in purgatory. Yeah. So Jeff Johns is the only one left yeah. for them to go after. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I just really like Jeff Johns. I, I still maintain the problem that sometimes he likes a bit too much setup and not enough payoff. Yeah. But Three Jokers was really good for what it was. I yeah. mean, can we stop pairing up Batgirl with the members of the Bat family? Yeah, because now she's she's done Dick na- na- and Jason. Now that she's the token... Just because she's the token yeah. Batgirl, she's... Yeah, let's, well, let's move on thing, like, I kind of bought her more with Jason than I ever did with Dick. And I think that's my age. I bought, well, I, I bought her with Jason because she says, this isn't happening. Yeah. You, I can't trust you. Let's just... the. I, I think it's my age. What you've got to remember is when I was coming up, right. Bruce Wayne was more the age of Barbara Gordon. She looked okay. upon Dick as a kid. 
Right, okay. So if there was going to be any flirtation, it was going to be between Bruce and Barbara. Right. Dick was off with... Um, Starfire? Starfire and Joker's daughter. Okay. What was her name? No idea. Might be showing my age here, but I've no There's, idea. Yeah, there was a character, the Joker's daughter, who was in Batman Family. And, oh God, I'm really struggling to remember this. It may have been Earth 2, Dick. But anyway, yeah, he was off with Starfire. And then this whole yeah. thing with Babs has only come about when they de-aged Barbara. To be which more came about age. because of de-aging James Gordon. Commissioner right. Gordon was always a contemporary of Bruce's dad. Okay, yeah, 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 okay. So Barbara was Bruce's age. Right. And I kind of see where they went with in the Killing Joke movie. Mm. That they paired up Bruce with Barbara. Right. And people kicked off against that. Yeah. Because this generation of fan base, your age, yeah. have grown up with it being Barbara and Dick. Well, they didn't make the point to say that's why they did it in the film as well. Yeah. So it, Whereas it, it, obviously it was Bruce totally Timms. Done as might, well. Oh, yeah, it yeah. was terribly done. That Killing Joke movie is dreadful. Yeah. Nobody's arguing that. <laughs> but I, I do think there's an age thing, though, hmm. that I never see Dick partnered up with Babs. Because when I was a kid, she was... That was how it was. Oh, yeah. She was about 10 years older than him. Okay. So she was more contemporary of Bruce. Hmm. So there was kind of a little bit of middle ground there. So that might not... But aside from that, well, I think it's another thing of like, isn't the three Jokers just taking the long way around to explain why the Joker just keeps changing? Yes. It it, it doesn't need it. No, but But, I mean, but it's it's, it's good for what it is. Yeah, and I think they could have took Jason Todd in an interesting direction that had they chosen to. Yeah. And they they haven't. Yeah. So that's that's Marvel all Um, over, isn't it? DC all over, sorry. I really, I really like this paperback version of Doomsday Clock because it's ex- more or less exactly the same as my trade paperback version of Watchmen. Right. And I love a good trade dress. I know you do. <laughs> Doesn't we all? Don't it, don't it it's... shit? When you've just looked at my omnibus shelf, excuse me. Yeah. And seen the Amazing Spider-Man I mean, 5. Let's just, let's just look at it now, the uh, audio medium of this. <laughs> what, what have you got here? So, all right. Uh, your Flash omnibus. Yeah. Well, they've since reprinted that right, with a different so they're, cover. They're both different. Now yeah. we've got the Hulk is different to the other Hulk. Yeah. Dogs yeah. of War is different to World War Hulk. Fantastic Four One is different to Fantastic Four. But yeah. also, another thing that I really hate, you've got the ones that have uh, so Thor, uh, Daredevil, yeah. Star Wars ones have uh, have uh, the the logo. Yeah. Whereas other ones just have plain text. Yeah. Just. Uh, at least the Grant Morrison ones match. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if if, if I get... If, if you get if, them. <laughs> if there is anything so pedantic and nitpicky that I get passionate about, it's trade, trade dress. Trade dress. Which is fair enough. You just hate it when they change it halfway through. Yes, I despise that. Like my Spider-Man Omnibus Volume 5 <laughs> now does not match the other four. Because it's got a picture on it now. Yeah. Like, what's that about? And they've republished the other ones in the to new trade dress. Oh, no. To, to rebuy them you again. know what you do with that? You do what the Doctor Who DVDs did. They give you reversible covers. Right. So you could match them up. Okay. But even then, you Doctor Who wants all different sizes. Yeah, because and... I've got different DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. Anyway, uh, and you bought me Space 1999, The Vault. See, earlier on, Michael mentioned Space 1999. <laughs> and it came back towards the end of the show. That's planning. Yeah, that is. That's We planned that <laughs> in that not-at-all kind of way. So, Space 1999, The Vault. These aren't as good as they used to be. No, and they used to have, like... 
they were like files. Yeah, and, they, and they, they came with posters and all that stuff. But Space 1999 The Vault is obviously a uh, nice little glossy hardcover all about the seminal Jerry Anderson 1974 Space Adventure series, Space 1999. A much underrated gem right. in the sci-fi TV canon. I think you'll agree. Having never seen the show. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I genuinely love Space 1999. Right. I am not blind to the fact that it frequently has problems, such as, so how fast is the moon moving in a straight line? Right. And how many galaxies is it going to get through when it's not got any propulsion? Right. So like, every I'd... single planet that it meets has to be on that course. I just kept mixing it up with... Um... Blake 7 for a minute because I was just like that's the one where everyone dies right? That's Blake 7 So Space Space 1999 has glorious set design it looks beautiful The Eagle? The Eagle I would give me Babylon 5 is a better show don't get me wrong Babylon 5 is a better written show give me Space 1999 special effects over Babylon 5 any day of the week when that Eagle crashes into the moon surface it's a proper Eagle would you have a Battlestar Galactica-esque remake of Space Night? Yes. Yeah. Because I think... I'd, I wouldn't call it Space 1999. I'd call it Moonbase Alpha. Right. I'd rename it. I'd get rid of that 1999 Also, 1999 is not in the future anymore. Yeah, it's not in the future anymore. And you'd have to come up with some other scientifically... Pl- I mean, in the Big Finish Oreos, they've come up with a more scientifically plausible reason for the Earth to be blasted out of orbit. Right. I kind of think I don't know how scientifically valid this is. A chunk of the moon gets blown off right. with Moonbase Alpha on it. So the moon stays in Earth orbit, <laughs> right. but like a quarter of it's missing. Okay. And Moonbase Alpha just gets... I don't know if that's more scientifically valid or even more bullshit. That, does, that sounds, I mean, sounds like more bullshit. I'm not a scientist, but that doesn't sound... But that seems to me a little bit more credible than the entire moon. But whatever, it, it is what it is. Right. But yeah, Space 1999 is ripe for a reinvention yeah. of some kind. But they would have to, there's so much There's so much of it is tied to the 70s that I okay. don't know how much of it they'd get away with redesigning. Well, people thought that about Battlestar Galactica. They did, yeah, job. they did, that's true. That's very true. So give it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Maybe Buck Rogers should have a gritty remake. Buck well. Rogers should there should be a different Buck Rogers for every generation. I honestly think yeah. that completely different from every other take. Okay. There should be, but it should be ray guns and rocket ships. Always. <laughs> That's what I would do with Buck Rogers. I would make it a throwback. Yeah. I would make it ray guns and rocket ships, but you'd still play the the characters for real. Well, that that, that is. I guess, I mean, to a lesser degree, but they still kept the same, you know, the Vipers and yeah. that kind of design. They even brought back the old Cylons. So yeah. Well, what as was long as they take it seriously. What was interesting about Galactica was Ron Moore said he suddenly got access to all of Universal's audience research. Okay. And they did loads. And one of the things that they were surprised about was, hey, how memorable Battlestar Galactica was. The audience remembered Battlestar Galactica. Right. The only character they remembered was Dirk Benedict. Starbuck, right, okay. And how much of that was remembering him from the A-Team? Where essentially he plays the exact same character. Right, okay, okay. Face is Starbuck. So they're remembering the actor and not the character. Yeah. Right. So that gave him carte blanche. They remembered the Galactica. They remembered the Cylon. So the things they remember, he doesn't change. 
That's the silence well, stuff. Woo woo. So that's why they make the point to bring back the old Viper. Yeah. To, okay. Right. So based upon the audience research, he kept all the stuff, not the fans. Yeah. He kept the stuff that the the audience remembered. Right. And he changed the stuff that they didn't give a shit about. So he did whatever he wanted to as long as he had the yeah. same consistency. Yeah. Okay. So, right. so the silence still went woo woo. The Vipers were still the Vipers. Yeah. The Galactica still looked like the Galactica. Yeah. And yeah. so that's quite. So I'd do the same with Space 1999. Yeah, I'd give it not necessarily a gritty reboot, but you'd certainly have to address the fact that they're not. They've no supplies. Yeah. They're not getting any equipment from Earth. Yeah. You can't just blow the eagles up every other week like this. The seventies one did because they've not got new ones. Right. Yeah. That was one of the problems people had with Voyager, wasn't it? That they would blow up shuttles every other week. Okay. Where are you getting new shuttles from? Oh, up to Voyager yet. Well, we'll get into that. You can't <laughs> you can't go to the Federation and say, look, we crashed five shuttles this week. Can we have some new ones? Yeah. The no the, were the yeah. miles away. So you'd have to do something like that with Space 1989. But okay. I I honestly think I think UFO's more viable for a reboot than Space 1989. UFOs right. are cheaper. Okay. <laughs> right. I just I just think that it would. But anyway, yeah, Space 1989 the vault, which had you bought me. And yeah. It's it's lovely and glossy and I love it because Space 1999 is great and I love ah, that it's a horror vibe. Good segue, you know. Um, excellent segue. <laughs> but we'll we'll go to you first before we move on. To yeah, it. so I can I can link up my uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. last few together. So this this year, um, is a little is a little break from work as as I think we all need, especially at the minute. Yeah, I, d- I decided I needed a hobby. Um, Did you not have enough? Well, I, I watch films, I play games, I read books, but there was nothing that I did Kept that I could occupied. say was a hobby. Now, I, I, I used to, I, as you know, I used to love making models. Yep. Uh, granddad um, <coughs> used to make models with him. And as a, as a kid, I loved Gundam Wing. Yeah. I've, I've always enjoyed Gundam. Uh, so I think, yeah, Granddad used to buy me Gundam kits that I used to make on my own. So this year I thought, you know what? I'm going to get into making some Gundam models again. Uh, conveniently, there's a little independent shop just outside of the city centre. Uh-huh. Um, I've just, I just gotten fallen down the rabbit hole and I've just started making Gundam again. So my last three presents are uh, I've got a high grade, which is essentially the kind of cheaper, smaller, uh, less It wasn't that model. cheap. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, compared to some of the others. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's the RX Gundam Mark II from uh, Gundam Zeta. Uh, so that's these are typically the high grades. Are um, there's less color separations. There's more lights and stickers. They're yeah. just more. Uh, they're meant to be quicker, easier to build kits. Yeah, we'll see. Data centers fault as well. The ones you want, but if you'll notice that box. Yeah. Does not match the photo. Right. Well, uh, it could be a different one. Yeah. It's uh, just. I think it's just a different box. Well, this. So like the name is the same. As I'll say, there's there's different grades. Yeah. So this is high grade. Um, you then have real grades. So what real grades are is the um, the same size as a high grade um, one one four four. Yeah. But they're they're more detailed. They've got more parts. They've got more color separation. So less stickers. Yeah. Uh, they're more articulate. They've got like an internal skeleton. And then I've what I got here is two master grades. Now, master grades are they're bigger, so the one one hundred. Uh, but again, they've got more detail, more color separation, more articulate. Some of them come with stands. Uh, Dana has bought me. Oh, that last one was from 
You. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dana's bought me the. Um, I mean, I don't even know what this one is. It is the uh, Blitz mobile, Gundam. The Blitz Gundam from Gundam Seed, which I've never seen Gundam Seed. Uh, I've seen a, a, quite a lot of Gundam, but I've never seen Gundam Seed. I mean, this one looks really cool. Uh, it looks spiky. It's purple and black with some red to describe it. To... Looks like the Phoenix from Battle of the Planets. Yeah, it's. it's I mean, it's just the box arts are really cool. Yeah, the, the box arts are cool. Um, and then my other one from you is uh i mean this one's from gundam wing endless waltz uh endless waltz was the film that yeah. was the conclusion they're on netflix the gundam wing no is it i thought you said the films were on netflix no the compilation films of the original 1978 show right uh but uh, gundam wing uh endless waltz was the film to wrap it all up uh this is the the gundam uh the wing zero or the proto zero uh, the master grade version i do have the real grade version uh but this is the master grade so more detail it's bigger it's got different it's slightly different model to mine yeah um but i mean i i absolutely love the the wing zero is my favorite gundam of all time it's actually the same one as um uh, going back to granted earlier one of my earliest kits i found on top of my wardrobe that i apparently still have uh, it's just gone a bit yellow now, but this is my favourite Gundam. Uh, so I'm very excited to start cracking into. You wish old... you brought your stuff, don't you, so you can start. I did. Well, it. I was toying about the idea, like, oh, I'm not going to bring my nippers because you know I'm not going to start building them here. And I even joked to mum and she went, no, because there'll be dogs around you. But I've got three kits here that are just begging to be built. Um, I, I mean, they're just cool. Uh, I just want to start. I, I, Hobbies are great, man. Like having a constructive thing where you're yeah. building something. It's it's fun. Everyone should have a hobby. Well, I you bought me the, you and Adam bought me some Lego. Adam bought me the Dodge Charger cars from Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And you bought me the Star Wars diorama of the Death Star attack, and I've quite enjoyed building them. It's great. they take a while. Well, I like that. Yeah. Like I kind of uh, the reason why Dana bought me the um the Master Grade. I've I've never made a Master Grade before. But and now you've got two. Yeah, they're bigger. They take more bits. I just enjoy making something. You know what I mean? Like it, you feel like you've produced something at the end. Yeah, of it. I mean, I, I draw all the time, but that takes time and effort. And here, you build I can just, these take time. And no, effort. you can just you follow an instructions. You turn your brain off. You cut out pieces. You click mm. them together. Like there's 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 something satisfying of building something and then the end of it you've got a little toy you can play with and pose and i do pose them and, and put it in your display cabinet exactly yeah. yeah okay yeah good well i'm glad you enjoyed them because we went well, all the way I've, to bloody manchester I, for that I, I, I haven't yet but you know <laughs> and all the way to london for the other one they've just uh I've, I've got a christmas bonus in from work so i know there's a 200 pound kit that that shop outside the city center is getting in and i'm i'm waiting for it i'm waiting for it it's a lot of money dude and finally, my last present from Adam. This was from Adam. Okay. He bought me the UFO Comic Anthology Volume 2. Because they already have Volume 1. Oh, well, that would explain it. That would explain a great many things, yes. And this is produced by Fanderson. Uh, Jamie Anderson is Jerry Anderson's son. And they have completely repurposed and repolished and upgraded... The art of the UFO comic strips from Countdown and Century 21 magazines from the 70s. But they have also included articles and interviews that were published, as well as new articles and interviews. And there was supposed to be a new UFO comic published 
in the early 2000s um, that never got off the ground, but the first issue was completed. And they have finished that first issue, coloured it, and presented it in this book. Okay. So you're getting what would have been the first issue of a continuous comic series for UFO in the early 2000s. Which is great. I love UFO. UFO is my favourite Jerry Anderson it's a, show. It's a really nice hardback, and especially considering they've done the new stuff. Cause yeah. Even like some of your DC 80th anniversaries, they don't do that that much with them. No, no. And some of the, the 80th anniversary ones are good. I very much enjoy them. But there are some that are better than others. Mm. But with something reasons. like this, I, I mean, I don't want to call it a niche show, but it's... No, it is. It's, it's got its own audience. It's a 50-year-old... So it's, it's older than me. It's cool that it's got its own nice hardback yeah. stuff like that well it, it seems weird to me but it seems like the jerry anderson stuff goes in fits and starts it's right. like space 1999 has been discovered again okay over the past 15 years or so since it came out on blu-ray mm. and they've it's been shown on forces tv on the horror channel right and also it's now available for streaming it's on itvx Okay. Which is the new streaming station from ITV. Yeah. So new people are discovering it. And I'm old enough, believe it or not. I mean, I know I don't look it. <laughs> but I am old enough to remember Space 1999's original area being covered in Starlog magazine. Right, okay. And Starlog were constantly berating it for right. not being Star Trek. Okay. But the thing that's give it legs, ironically... Is not being Star Trek. Is not being Star Trek. Space 1999 is a lot more nihilistic than Star Trek. What you've got with yeah. Star Trek is they're the best of the best. They've trained to boldly go where not have gone before. Right. They are out there exploring the frontier. They know what they're doing. Yeah. The cast of Space 1999 are basically just office drones. Okay. They were working on Moonbase Alpha on the day that it got blown out of orbit. Right. They're not the best of the best. Yeah. They're not doing this because they want to be explorers. Yeah. They've ended up being dealt a shitty hand. Okay. Been thrown out into a universe that we are not ready to explore. We've not gone most past our solar system in space 1999. Yeah. So you've got an entire crew of people here who literally think what they're going through is horrific. Okay, so you're describing this. Is, this is why I recommended the original Gundam show. To yeah, I've, I've found so, it on um, on yeah. archive. So the, the the premise to that is essentially this ship. A part of the the fascist dictatorship yeah. is fighting against literal space Nazis, yeah. and their entire ship is made up of refugees and children. Yeah. The only reason Amaro pilots the Gundam is because he stumbled onto it, uh, and so they're just like he's got more experience than the rest of us. And throughout the show, just by d- dumb luck, the literal space Nazis who committed borderline genocide and wiped out half the population are horrified that the Federation are using child soldiers. Really? Not because they wanted to, but because there's no one else. There's no one else to have as soldiers, so they might as well have kids. Yeah, that, well, that's the same as Space 1999. Commander Cody makes the decision. Yeah. You get blo- The moon gets blown out of orbit. Right. It's sent hurtling away from Earth. He basically makes the decision, if we try and get back to Earth, we will fail. Yeah. The eagles can't travel that far that fast. Right. We're buggered. Yeah. And the episode ends with them losing transmission with Earth. And he says, look, we've got to make the best of it. So you've got a crew there that aren't the best of the best. Yeah. And a lot of Space 1999 is horror stories. Yeah. And that's why I think it's it's been rediscovered. Okay. It's not just trying to be Star Trek. And I think any reboot would need to remember that there was a very heavy horror influence. Right. God, you've got episodes with Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee in. <laughs> right. You know? 
Hammer so, Horror yeah. Space 1999. I'm down with the Hammer Horror Space 1999. <laughs> I am totally down with that. Anyway, is that it? I believe we're out of presents. We're out of presents. Unless you're hiding anymore, because I'm not. No, no. Well, we've not seen my mum yet, so there's, yeah. there's obviously other stuff to come, but who knows? Who can say what will happen? That's it. That's 2022 over with. Yeah. That's another Hey Kids Comics Christmas extravaganza featuring Roy Kinnear. <laughs> Roy Kinnear's dead. Right. We'll, we'll bring him back <laughs> Bowie. We might as well bring him back yeah, to you. Yeah. David Bowie did not show <laughs> up. <laughs> I am very disappointed. I mean... <laughs> David Bowie didn't show up. Roy Castle didn't show up do some tap dancing, mainly because he's dead. <laughs> we sent out these invitations, but we just didn't have any replies. <laughs> this the, this Saturday night variety show thing <laughs> that I was going for just hasn't worked. I mean, Little and Large didn't show up. They must be gagging for work nowadays. Cannon and Ball? Oh, no, Ball's dead. Oh, shit. That's why he didn't show up. <laughs> oh, there's only Little and Large my, left. My, my favourite chuckle brother. You He's know. dead. The two Ronnies? <laughs> I think they're both dead. Yeah. This is why we don't do Saturday night variety shows it's anymore. Why? They're all dead. The Crankies, are they dead? I don't know who they are. Excellent, good. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed that two-hour ramble. <laughs> With people who are alive. With people who are alive. Well, they say that. It was beer-fueled, so that may explain a great deal. The uh, best Michael, extravaganzas are. Yeah, the best extravaganzas are, yes. There was no drugs, though. That you know Do you of. know? I'm just going to throw this in there <laughs> that I know of. They recently... Somewhere on, I follow on Twitter these archive TV things and they regularly post old TV schedules. Right. And they literally showed us that one night on Christmas Eve, it's for like 1986, 1987, Jim will fix it, was followed by Child Watch. <laughs> <laughs> and if you get that, you get why it's oh, funny. There's, there's, some, there's some irony there. Yeah, and if you don't get that, don't bother looking it up. Because it would just lead you down a rabbit hole. Now then, now, now then, now yeah, then. The jingle jangle, jewelry, jewelry. <laughs> anyway, we're going to call it a day, though, before it gets <laughs> worse. Awesome. Yes, worse is a good word. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for the annual Christmas extravaganza. Uh, Michael and I will be back sooner than next year. But probably over on Palace of Glittering Delights. And probably more alcohol fueled. We'll see where today takes probably us. Probably more alcohol fueled. <laughs> but that has a specific topic. It might have a special guest star who... Is alive. Yes, not dead. Like you, you've got to publish these in this order. Yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, this is going up today. Okay, okay. I'm just going to cut the bit where we took a break out and post it. Okay. And let the chips fall where they may. Sorry, they're swearing. Uh, I'll, have to, put, I'll have to put an explicit <laughs> tag on it. Oh, no. Right. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Wherever you are, whatever you celebrate, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, whatever else there is. Yeah. It's a broad church. We welcome everybody, don't we? Yes. We are not, We are all inclusive. So I hope you have a good one. Spend it with your family because they're not around forever. So cherish them while they are there. And we'll see you all again. Me and Michael will be back real soon with this very special episode of the Palace of Glittering Delights. And failing that, God willing, <laughs> we'll be back next year. Yes. For another Christmas extravaganza. extravaganza. Take care. Goodbye. It's all going to be okay. Goodbye. I don't know where my mouse is. No, thanks. <laughs>